I'm sure I've had enough. Hey, it's a great song, man. Shut up. Thinking about letting myself go. Everybody does cry. Everybody does cry. And fans in Baltimore, we hurt. Not sometimes. All the time. We hurt. All the time. Sorry, I told you to shut up, Zach. I was having a moment. Welcome to the bat around. I'm Paul. That's Valley. one way to start it. I, I'm 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 Paul Valley. Uh, he's, I knew you were gonna he's play Zach that Goodman. He's Zach Goodman. We hurt all the time in Baltimore. And mm, guys, look. Mm. We spent three weeks. Hearing about Carlos Correa to the Orioles rumors. And we never really thought it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But then you saw the Yankees were out. And you saw the Cubs were out. And you saw the Astros yesterday were out. Their catcher Maldonado is putting out tweets saying, guys, I tried. Mm -hmm. And and the only other team that you're hearing about is the Orioles. From Raul Ramos. And he's going to be on the show later today. And you're starting to get your hopes up. You wake up eight o'clock this morning, or if you were still up at two a.m. I was not. And Carlos, I wasn't. I woke up to a text from Zach saying, "Never saw the twins coming." Mm. First thing I saw this morning. Mm, I'm sorry. Aside from my beautiful wife kissing me goodbye at about quarter after six, and <coughs> excuse me, and I see Carlos Correa, three years, hundred and five point three million to the Minnesota Twins, and guys, it's not the player. It's not about the player. I'm not upset that Carlos Correa isn't a Baltimore Oriole. It's about what a signing like that would have signified to this fan base. It's about what it would have meant. Because now you come crashing back down to reality. Mm-hmm. And the reality is the Orioles suck. Yes, the, that's, they do. That's the stark, harsh reality that the Orioles suck. They're a very, very bad baseball team, yes. and they, All right, uh, it, it, it took to the second inning yesterday to remember that the Orioles suck. Given that, I mean, there are, there are, were a lot of players on in the lineup right, yesterday right. that won't be in the Don't lineup care. on opening day. Don't care. To be fair. Richie Martin is in your competition for, for shortstop. Unfortunately, yes. He made two errors in two plays yesterday. Well, that won't get him anywhere. So Anthony Benboom is in competition to be your backup catcher. Pass ball and a throwaway in that second inning yesterday. Yusniel Diaz was supposed to be one of your top prospects. He has not panned out. Fly ball to left field. He misplays it. It gets by him for a triple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan McKenna, 
fails to pick up a ball in center field. He's supposed to be your fourth outfielder. Mm-hmm. It's not like these are guys who are going to be playing in the minor leagues. These are guys that you plan on having as part of as part of your team. I, yeah, I see where you're coming from. It is the first day, though. It is the first right. day, and don't these care. guys are, are don't, ramping hey, up. Hey, Zach, don't care. Fair. Don't. You're professional. You're, you're, I, I don't disagree. You're, I, yeah. you're a professional, and I, they're making excuses on the broadcast. Oh, they didn't get enough time to to get their infield. Pre- You've had a week. You've been in spring training for a week. Yes. And and, and, yes. and, and, and honestly, if you haven't been working this offseason while there was a lockout, shame on you. Yeah, 100%. Shame yeah, on you. 100%. You can't catch a fly ball. You can't throw the ball down the first base from, from behind the plate. You can't pick a ball up in center field. You can't catch a pop-up behind shortstop. Yeah. You can't do those things, and you're going to tell me it's because uh, I'm a professional, but I haven't had enough time to work on this. Get out of here. I don't want to hear it. No, I, I, hear it. I, I'm with you there. And, I mean, and, and, and look, especially a defense first guy like Ryan McCann. This this isn't an overreaction to spring training. This is a reaction to watching this team. Mm-hmm. Adley Rutschman's going to be your catcher the majority of the year. Yes. What have you done? You have no shortstop. You have no third baseman. Mm-hmm. You have Rufneto Doors slotted to be slated to be your your third your second baseman. Yeah. After the. The idiocy of Michael Franco last year. The fact that he was on the roster till August. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same player, just a different position. Uh, yes. Okay. You have. I, two- I, thought, I thought you were sold on Gutierrez though a little bit. I'm not sold on Gutierrez. Well, you, you, he's just what he's all they have. Okay. He's fair. all they have. He's fair. done nothing in his career. Yeah. He had a nice 29 game stretch for the Orioles yeah. last year. It, uh, I'm more I'm more sold on him than somebody else playing third base, but okay. it's because the cupboard's bare. You yes, have you 100%. have. Two guys in your starting rotation right now. Mm-hmm. Two. Yeah. Two guys. John yeah. Means, who has not finished an entire has not pitched a full season in his entire career yeah. because he always has a shoulder issue. Mm-hmm. And you have Jordan Lyles, whose ERA was above five last year. Now look, I I don't mind Jordan Lyles being in the starting rotation. Don't mind it. Not at all. Two out of every three starts, he's very he's very good. Who else is pitching? You you, you gonna tell me you gonna tell me Dean Kramer? No. <laughs> You gonna tell me Keegan Aiken? <laughs> you gonna tell me uh, Zach Lowther? <laughs> I, the only answer I'd have for you is Zimmerman. I do think Zimmerman is a big I, starter. I, I, I like Zimmerman. Yeah, I and do his think four eight eight ERA, which was probably which was second best on the staff last year. Yeah, you brought Chris Ellis back on a uh, on a minor league deal. Sure. Hey, hey, took you three months to realize <laughs> that you needed to bring him back. Yeah, that that's a bit questionable. Chris Ellis, I mean, the guy is such a uh, he, he's fine. He's he's not really he was, important. You know he, he was okay for the Orioles. His down ERA the was two four five. Yeah, the but it, in, in, in six in, games in, in, in six starts. Yeah, peripherals not great. Yeah, but it's better than Spencer Watkins. Oh, oh who yeah. was somehow brought back before? Yeah. Chris Ellis was sure. All right, and I'm looking at this team. They have no infield. They have no, Ryan they, Mount. They, 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 do Ryan, not have, they have Ryan Mountcastle at first base. They have nobody. In their starting rotation, and then I'm watching as Michael Pineda signs with the Tigers yes. for five and a half five million and a half dollars. Million. Yeah, I'm watching as Tyler Anderson signs with the Dodgers because God knows they need more pitching. Yeah, uh, for eight million dollars. Right, and I'm watching the Orioles sitting on their hands. Two guys above around one and a half WAR last year. Two guys that have been very very helpful in the starting rotation. Not even to 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 dominate, but just to throw innings. You know, some guy who goes out there. Throws innings and can be effective enough to give you five or six once in a while. Yeah, that, that's what a guy like Michael Pineda and a guy like Tyler Anderson does. They are big league starting pitchers. Exactly. And then I'm looking at the bullpen, and the bullpen should be a strength for this team because the arms that they yes. have in there are legitimate arms. But guess yeah. what, guys? 
They're not. And you know why they're not? Because the Orioles don't have starting pitching. Right, exactly. And they're they going to get worn out immediately. They're, they're going to get worn. It's what happened last year when you yeah. saw that they started out like gangbusters the first five, six weeks of the yeah. season. And then they were the worst bullpen in baseball the rest of the way. Right. Because their starters can't get out of the fourth inning. Right. And now we're talking about, oh, well, we don't know if Jorge Lopez is going to be in the bullpen or if he's going to be a starter. That dude should be nowhere near a starting rotation. Never. Never again. He should again. be nowhere near a starting rotation. Well, we know what Jorge Lopez can do in a one or two inning stint. He can yeah. go 97, 98, and he can go with his, his pretty good slider that he can control once in a while, and he can give you a couple good innings, but he's not a guy who can give you four or five solid innings at a, a I don't know, consistent rate. He just doesn't do it, and we, we've seen that for two years. It's not like this is something new with Jorge right. Lopez. He, I, I don't, I don't want to hear about this guy being a starter anymore. Jorge Lopez is not a starter pitcher, but he, he can be a, a, a very solid reliever. He can't get through a lineup twice. No, he can't. That's, he can get through right. it once. That's why you always saw him right. struggle to get out of the fifth inning. Exactly. The first the first three, maybe even four innings, he's fine. Right. He gets to that fifth inning, and he can't get out of the fifth. I mean, the, and, and then uh, you, you look at that, and now you're talking about Tyler Wells, who is a... If they could stretch him out and he turned into a good starter... But it's an, uh, unknown. But, it's an but unknown. It's an unknown. Yeah. And you're taking from a strength to try to add to your weakness, and you're going to make that strength weaker. Right. And you're going to ma- and you have no idea if he makes your rotation better. Right. I, I, I'm looking at this team, and they're if Zach, who's your starting shortstop if the season started today? It would be Jorge Mateo. If I was if I was Brandon, no, Hyde. I'm, not, I'm not asking if you were Brandon Hyde. I'm asking if Brandon Hyde, because I'm telling you right now, it's not Jorge Mateo. It. Richie Martin, maybe? I I, I don't it's, know. It, it's Ramona Rios. No, I think Ramona Rios is going to play second. No, I'm pretty Ruth confident. Ned Odor is going why, to play second. Why can't base? Odor play third? Because they asked him. He has it, in the past. He played 29 games at third base last mm-hmm. year when they asked him how it was. You know what he said? Uncomfortable. But that's not his. That's not really his decision. That's Brandon Hyde's to me. Why is Brandon Hyde going to put a guy at third base who has no confidence to play third base? Because I think you're more confident with with Ramona Rios. Yeah, he's playing base. second base. He's playing second base. Okay, I mean that's R- Ramona Rios is going to be your start, a, is your starting shortstop. If the season started today, and look, guys, I like the bat. I like the bat. Don't love it for a shortstop. Oh, he's he's not a good shortstop at all. And the the glove. Definitely don't like it. For Ramona Rios is a second baseman. I don't even like his, his glove at second. I don't like his glove. Period. No, it's not great. But the bat plays. The bat plays if he's playing second base. But Roof Neto Door is in here on a major league deal. Mm-hmm. So Roof Neto Door is playing second base for the Orioles. I'm not so sold of that, but okay. You're I, not, but the Orioles are. <sighs> Kelvin Gutierrez, who's your starting third baseman? Kelvin Gutierrez. Yes, Gutierrez is probably the guy, unless, unless Odor is. So your entire, your entire uh, uh, infield is Ryan Mountcastle, mm-hmm. Roof Neto Door, Ramona Rios, and Kelvin Gutierrez. Yeah. There's a problem there. There's a problem there. Ryan Mountcastle's fine at first base. He's not he's not a defensive stud. No. He's not going to win any gold gloves over there, but he's fine. The bat allows him to be fine at first base. Ruf Denodor is a solid defensive second baseman, but the bat is terrible. Mm-hmm. The bat he, he's, he's going to strike out 150 times at least. He's a that's on the low side. I I'm I'm giving him that because of the amount of games he's actually yeah, going to play. He, he he's a beer league softball player at this point, which yeah. sucks because he's 28 years old. Right. He's 28 years old. Like, he's a guy who might benefit from the shift, but you got to hit the ball. Uh, shortstop Ramona Rios. Look, the the bat, the on base percentage, they're good, but he had he had a he had a decent WAR for the amount of games he played last year. But he's your shortstop, and then Kelvin Gutierrez, who's a complete question mark. Is your is your third baseman? Yep, they've done nothing. They've done nothing to address this. Chris Owings, you brought him in. 
And honestly, Chris Owings is probably your starting shortstop now that I think about it. It could be. Yeah. It, 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 uh, that would be my guess with Owings at short, and that's actually a great point. Um, Owings at short, and then Ramon at second. I really Ramon's I, not playing. He's not going to be your everyday I, second baseman. It's Ru- I'm telling you, it is. We Ruth will Neto-Dor. see. We will see. I. You I'm, are more likely that Ramon Arias starts at third base. I am very. I, I'm very skeptical of what they signed Odor for. I don't know why they brought him in. I don't know where he fits on this team because Odor is frankly they brought, a, a they, terrible they, player. They brought him and, in to play second base. Zach. We'll see. Okay. Zach, it, the writing is on the wall. Okay. You ask all the beat writers who's the Orioles' second baseman. It's just Dan Connolly, who is arguably the best guy that covers his team. Yeah. What did he tell us? Roof net door. I mean, sure, but I'm just all my point is is that no one knows for sure yet, right? No, I mean, know. we we know. Okay. Roof net door is your starting okay. second baseman. We'll, we'll, I, we'll I, see. I I promise you, he's your starting second baseman. And he might prove that and, he and, is. And, and, and look, I'm not trying to be dismissive of you. I'm trying I'm trying to bring you back to reality here because I think that you're thinking I, with what you would do. As opposed to what the Orioles are going to do. And those, and those are two very different things. Maybe I should be manager of the Orioles then. Well, <laughs> a little big league over here. Uh, and then you add to that, Adley Rutschman is injured. Uh, strained right triceps. He's out two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, and look, I don't give two dams about this. He's no longer the top prospect in baseball. He's the second okay, prospect cool. in baseball. Cool. But you would think that the world was ending. Oh, you, yeah. I mean, look, Bobby Wood Jr. is better. I'm sorry, he is. It's just true. Yeah, <laughs> it's just true. Like, Bobby, numbers, Bobby, Witt, better. Bobby Witt Jr. is a shortstop who's more athletic with a better hit tool. Yeah, he's a doesn't mean that Adley Rutschman suddenly can't hit and can't play and isn't going to be <laughs> a Gold Glove MVP caliber catcher. The, the fact it that people m- get so upset about top 100 lists, I'm like, why would you care? It's not. It doesn't mean just because a guy is in a cer- certain place on the top 100 list guarantees absolutely nothing. Why are we caring so much about where guys are placed on this? It doesn't I, yeah, matter. I I, at I, all. I I couldn't care less because no. we have nothing. We have nothing to cling to. So what you want to cling to, we have the number one prospect in baseball, number mm. one pitching prospect in baseball. Rolls off the tongue. Well, guess what? You can't say that now. Mm, right. and, and so I, oh, well. I, Sorry. I guess I understand, but uh, it, there's no decision to be made, at least, with Adley Rutschman. We spent three weeks sitting here w- waiting with bated breath about Carlos Correa just to wake up this morning and see that he signed with the freaking Twins. The, tw- the Twins. Like... And and that's another thing. The Twins were one of the worst teams in baseball last year, and they yes. went out the, this, and they weren't supposed to be. Not after what they did in, in 2019. No, then they, they made some additions. And, and, and they, they've gone out this, this offseason, and they got a whole hell of a lot better. Yeah. Really quickly. Yeah. And so you're watching that, and then, then you're watching the Royals go out and, and sign Zach Greinke and trade for Amir Garrett. And mm. you're watching the Tigers do work. Why... It, this Watching the Rockies. The Rockies the go Rockies. out and sign Chris Bryant. <laughs> right? Well, which, well, I, I, which I, I want to talk we're, about. We're going to talk about that in Orioles banter. Because um, there's a free agent segment that we're going to do in Orioles banter. So we, we will, I have my we, sounding off on that. So I, yeah. I will talk about the Rockies and yeah. their, their mismanagement of their franchise. Yeah, but they have a new GM. Maybe he has a different uh, direction for the team. I've heard the owner is very meddling uh, with, with yeah. the operations look, of that the, ball the, the, the I'd rather be an Orioles fan. Than a Rockies fan because oh, yeah. the Orioles, the Rockies are doing what Buster only wants the Orioles to do, which is be in the middle of competing and and and, and, and tread water just so that yeah. so that his favorite teams can play them and they'll be somewhat competitive games. Right, and we'll talk about. I I got a whole thing to say on Chris Bryant. I'm excited to talk about it because it's frankly irresponsible 
by, yeah. by Colorado yeah. and for and for Chris Bryant, honestly. But we'll talk about that. Yeah, it, maybe you don't. Uh, uh, and, and look, people make the same argument about Correa to the Orioles. You don't care. You, 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 you don't. You don't care about. But no, I, I, it is different. It is different. Yeah. But the uh, it's. I'm not going to steal your thunder. You and I are on the same page yeah. with Chris Bryant for the exact same reasons. But it is different. Mm-hmm. A guy coming to the Orioles as opposed to going to the Rockies oh, because yeah. the the Orioles have a plan. The Orioles have a track. You can see where they're going. Every box of Michael Elias yeah. said he was going to check. He's checked so far. The Rockies don't do that. The Rockies just had a similar player mm-hmm. that they signed to a similar contract, and now he's gone because they didn't want to pay him anymore. Yeah, it, it, it makes no. Again, not going to steal your thunder with that. That's going to be Zach sounding off segment coming up in the eleven o'clock hour. Um, Look, guys. Uh, ultimately, I'm excited. The baseball's back. I'm excited to, to for baseball, but I'm not excited to watch the Orioles lose over 100 games again. That doesn't get my juices flowing. Uh, okay, and no. I, I, I firmly expect this team to spend next offseason. I think 2020, the 2022 to, into 2023 offseason, is when the Orioles are going to spend. Spend how much? What's your predicted payroll? Dude, I have no idea. It's it, it's it's. I mean, they're at thirty million right now. It's it's what, what next off season? No, right now I'm saying going into this season they're at around thirty uh, million. Around thirty million. They're not so, going to get much higher. And that's the other thing. I was excited for a CBA because I thought that they were going to be measures put in place yeah. to stop tanking. Right. And they're not. And they're not. No. There, there's a draft. I, a draft lottery does a lot less than I, people think it does. I I hate to use. Just look at the NBA. I I hate to yeah. use the word. But the Orioles are tanking. They are punting this season, and it's March 19th. It's pretty frustrating. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating. You can hear the tone of my voice how frustrating it is. I think that... The, the beginning of, of the show last week, mm. compared to the beginning of the show this week. Yeah, you had some hope of the Orioles potentially making some free agent moves and, and bring guys in. Not um, even... And I'm not asking for the world. I want a guy who can pitch. Yeah. I want a guy who can give yeah. you a four-and-a-half four ERA. To fill out your rotation. I'm not asking for Zach Granke. Yeah. I'm not asking for Justin Verlander. Mm-hmm. I'm asking for Michael Pineda. I sure. hate, uh, by the way, I hate Michael Pineda. Like, I, oh, he's not a good guy. I, I hate Michael he's Pineda. Not a good, no, no, I'm not a fan either. But he's a good pitcher. But but he's he's not even a good pitcher. Yeah. He's he's good enough. I, I would I would argue he's a pretty decent pitcher. I think five and a half million is a great deal for him. I yeah, think it's ex- a great it, it deal. Is. It is. He's good enough yeah. Yeah. that you could have put him in your rotation and save your bullpen this year. Well, and, and to a look, degree, they've played one. They've they've played one exhibition game. Yep. They've played one game. We got we got to call Jeff here in a minute. Um, we have Jeff Arnold coming up at ten twenty. He's going to talk to us, and we're gonna we're gonna lighten the mood here once we get Jeff on the phone. But uh, you have his number, right? I believe so. I'm checking okay. on that. Um, but but Michael Pineda rounds out your rotation. I can do not. And instead, you have a situation where. You have no starting pitching at this point. Exactly. You have none. I mean, you, you look at, and like you said, I mean, we, we've been hearing about some of these, I, I guess I'm going to call them carryover guys from the Duquette administration, the Elias administration, the guys like Zach Lowther, the guys like Dean Kramer, some of these guys that we expected to be maybe a little better than they were. I never had high hopes for Zach Lowther, Keegan Aiken. I never really thought they were going to be much. Obviously, Dean Kramer, we had we had pretty high hopes for at this point, but there's really been nothing that's uh, that's gone on with that and Kramer obviously we know we know all about what Kramer did last year and how he frankly wasn't what we expected him to be gotta love seeing Dean Kramer give up a bomb in, ba- in live pitching to uh to Rylan Bannon to Rylan Bannon yeah so, and I like Rylan Bannon I don't love him but I like him uh he's been on the show uh, you just 
they're doing what they did last year. They're going into this year depending on guys with no track records in the major leagues except for not being good and putting them in their starting rotation and hoping that they're going to throw something that's going to stick to the wall. And that's um, that's that's my issue. Is that there's there were there were starting pitchers to be had, there were starting pitchers to be had, and they haven't gone out and gotten them. They got Jordan Lyles, but that was done three months ago, three and a half months ago. Yeah, they they they, yeah. they, ha- they haven't gone out and gotten anybody to fill out this rotation. And now you're right. looking at the same character, the same same cast of characters that they had last year. Who's going to pitch for this team? I frankly have no idea. I frankly have no. I mean, it's 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 a little bit irresponsible. I think when you think about it, when you look at what happened last year and the the numbers that some of these guys put up, and and that we're going to roll them out again this year and and say, hey, something's going to be different. I don't think you can really bank on there being a massive change here. Um, and frankly, I think you're going to see similar numbers the last year, and and probably you'll you'll it'll be reflected in the win loss column. Well, you and I might not have an idea, but I know that the guy who's on the line right now probably has a better idea than we do. He is the lead radio play-by-play man for the Orioles Radio Network. He is Jeff Arnold. Jeff, it's Paul. It's Zach. Thanks for taking some time for this, this morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Uh, we're we're a little disenchanted, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. We're watching a lot of teams make a lot of moves, a lot of teams that were bad like the Orioles last year that are trying to kind of reload. And we get that that's not where the Orioles are right now, Jeff, but what we were just talking about is their starting rotation. And you have Means, you have Lyles, and you have probably Bruce Zimmerman, and then a lot of question marks after that. What is the state of the Orioles pitching, and why haven't they gone out and made another major league signing for this rotation? I think that it's still a priority for Mike Elias to try and find somebody else who can help out, uh, who is a veteran. And we saw it last year that, especially with some of the younger pitchers, it's hard to make it not only through a lineup three times, it's hard to make it through an American League East lineup probably two times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there will probably be some pitchers that are still going to be out there. I don't know if they would come in on a a major league contract and, and maybe it's a one year thing or maybe it would be a you know another veteran signed to a minor league contract. But you know, I think the Jordan Lyle signing at the least is a good thing because I think he completed six innings in what, eighteen out of his thirty starts last year. Yeah. And, you know, he knows how to pitch. I mean, Ben McDonald and I saw him pitch last year and we were both, you know, pretty impressed by what he was able to do. He changed up his pitch mix and uh, the last month of the year and was able to be significantly better than he was previous month. And um, so having a veteran like him, I think he's going to help out. He's got a lot of service time. He's been around for a while. And so I- I'm optimistic that they're hopefully going to go out and get a- another pitcher um, because, you know, there was some good moments at the end of last year. Alexander Wells had a good last start. Uh, Zach Lowther had a good last start. But it's a-, it's a really tough thing. And, of course, you're always concerned about injuries. I think you're more concerned about it now. Um, given that we've got 18 games left in spring training. And we're keeping our fingers crossed that that nothing serious is going to happen, but you just never know. Well, and you mentioned injuries, and the big injury in camp right now is the Adley Rutschman uh, right tricep strain. I'm inclined to think this is much to do about nothing. It's probably just something that he just needs a little bit of rest from, and he'll come back and be as strong as ever. Is there a uh, What's the level of concern around the Orioles regarding Adley Rutschman right now? Um, I think that... I think that it's something that they're hopeful is, is not going to be serious. I mean, fingers crossed, he hasn't had any serious injuries or any kind of setbacks in the, 
the three years that he's been with the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think they're hopeful that this is going to just be something where he rests for two or three weeks and then he goes through a throwing progression. I think opening day on the Orioles roster is off the table, but at the very least, um, you're hopeful, at least from what we're hearing right now, it doesn't seem like it's, it's too serious. And uh, he got, he got it addressed right away, and, and hopefully it means that he's going to be able to uh, is going to be able to come in and uh, and get back pretty soon, and uh, hopefully um, get to Baltimore because that first day he's there, it's going to be great. Oh, it's it's going to be an electric atmosphere. I'll I'll do my best to be there for sure. Now, how big was the signing? How big was the signing of Robinson Chirinos? Uh, with given what's going on with Rutschman right now, and given that the Orioles desperately needed a quality backup catcher on their roster. Um, I'm actually parking right now, guys. Could you repeat that question? Oh, no worries, no worries. Um, I, I was asking, how big of the signing of Robinson Chirinos, um, how big is that signing now, given what's going on with Rutschman's triceps and the fact that the Orioles desperately needed a quality backup catcher? This is a guy who's had success at the major league level, who's now going to be thrust into that, uh, that opening day assignment. Uh, how important is that signing? I think it's a, I think it's a really important signing. Um, I feel like I feel like he can bring a level of experience that is that is super important, and um, and hopefully he's going to be able to to help out the Orioles pretty soon and and address kind of some of the, the needs that they have at the catching spot. I mean, he's the only guy you have on your forty man roster. Um, he's experienced. He's thirty seven. Um, you know, last year I know one of the reasons why the the Yankees thought he would be somebody good that they could pick up was to try and um, help out Gary Sanchez a little bit. And so um, he's somebody who can, can mentor a younger catcher, get somebody accustomed to, to life in the major leagues and, and what kind of has to go on. Um, and then, you know, he's a calming presence. I mean, Brandon Hyde talked about um, a couple of days ago when he saw Chirinos making the positional switch to, to catcher and how impressed he was by, by how he could do that. So uh, you need to go get a catcher. You need to get a catcher on your 40-man roster. And for right now, Chirinos fits that need. And then when Rutschman is ready to go, you figure that he'll be a good mentor for, for Adley and help him do what he needs to do and help him make the adjustments that, um, you know, no matter what kind of a prospect you are, uh, you're going to have to make when you get to the major leagues. Uh, well, Jeff, Orioles fans were uh, shoved back into reality early this morning when Carlos Correa signed with the Minnesota Twins. You're looking at the shortstop position for the Orioles, and it looks like it's a competition between Jorge Mateo, Ramon Arias, and Chris Owings. Do you think that this is the competition moving forward, or do you think that they're still going to try and bring somebody in to, to kind of bridge that gap until some of these prospects reach the major league level? They might try. I just don't know what will be out there, and especially on like a short-term uh, type of deal, um, that might be something that's, uh, that's tougher to do. Um, there's been kind of an inclination to, to avoid multi-year contracts. Um, so, so it very well might be the group that, that you have right now. Um, Urias showed that he can hit in the major leagues last year. Um, when he got the, the playing time and the opportunity. Mateo was extremely exciting in the, in the time that he had with the Orioles, and I think some of that was just the fact that he got to play every day. And Chris Owings has, uh, has been around, and it seems like Michael Elias really wants to give him a chance to, to be on this team and to earn a roster spot. So I, I think that probably pitching would be the first thing that they're still going to be looking at and to see if they can find um, – but at the same time, I, I don't know if, um, you know, they're, I, I think they're still looking for somebody who could play shortstop maybe. 
but I just don't know how realistic it is to to to, to find somebody who's going to fit that role. And I think that, you know, like I said, that that pitching is probably going to be be number one in trying to add somebody else as a as a starting pitcher. We're joined by Jeff Arnold, lead play-by-play voice for the Orioles Radio Network. Today's show brought to you by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Jeff, we're talking um, about the Orioles, and you're going to be calling all of these games, um, or the majority of these games, on the radio uh, the radio syndicate for the Orioles has moved to 98 Rock and WBAL. How does that work exactly? Is that going to be a simulcast, or is that going to be one of those things where uh, sometimes the game's on 98 Rock and sometimes the game's on WBAL? No, both times, uh, all, all the we're doing eight spring broadcasts down here for radio, and then all of them are going to be on both WBAL and 98 Rock. And during the regular season, I believe it's the same thing, where both are going to be on uh, 98 Rock and WBAL. So, so it'll be great to, to have them on board. Um, they're, they're a great uh, station. They're, uh, when you think of greatest broadcast stations in America, they're, they're on that list. Um, the people over there do a terrific job. Um, we're really excited. We have Kevin Reed back with us as well, our producer engineer, who I think is as good of a, a producer engineer as there is in baseball. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's going to be great, and we'll have all the, the broadcasts for the regular season and uh, a good chunk of these spring training games. All right, that sounds excellent to me. Now, the, the question here, and we're still six months away from it, 98 Rock is also the home to the Baltimore Ravens, and they play their games at 1 o'clock on Sundays. Um, does that mean that those that the Orioles broadcast will only be on WBAL once the football season starts just for Sunday games? You know what? To be honest, that's something. That's a question for uh, for one of the programming people at, sure. at WBAL or, or one, of, uh, one of my bosses at the Orioles. I'm not exactly sure. Um, exactly how that how that is set up, but um, but that's probably a question for them. Sounds good. Now th- this is your uh, your third season as lead play by play man for the Orioles Radio Network. Do you still get butterflies each year? Or is this kind of becoming old hat the more you do it? Oh no, you you always I think you get a little bit of butterflies the first game of spring training because you're getting back to it, and I had a little bit of that yesterday. But but I'm super excited that I'm back, and um, and you, it's a job that you never take for granted, and you're really excited that you're there, and you try and do right by the fans. You try and get better every year. I mean, you know, it's like being a player. Players work on different things and try and improve and, and harness their skills and, and make themselves more valuable to their team, and, and I think for broadcasters, you have to constantly be doing the same thing, and so, so I find myself doing that in the off season and putting the time and work in to make sure that I'm prepared when uh, when baseball season started. Um, I'm glad that it started uh, when it did and that we were able to reach an agreement last week and uh, with the new CBA and, and glad that we're, uh, we're back to doing Orioles baseball uh, on the radio and on television. Yeah, it, it was certainly great to hear you and Brett on the call yesterday despite the, uh, the rusty start to the spring the, the spring schedule. But uh, great to hear your voice back on the radio, Jeff. We're looking forward to hearing you all season long on the Orioles radio network. You got a got a nice lineup a nice representative lineup coming up today. So good luck with your call in today's game. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Paul, and uh, we'll be talking to you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. You have a great week. Take care. Thanks. And that was Jeff Arnold, lead play-by-play man for the Orioles Radio Network, talking about the Orioles and a little bit of what's going on with them right now. Um, also, while parking, I, I, I could hear the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the the turn signal I, in the car and all that. I, I believe that he is um, 
that he was riding down with the rest of the broadcast crew. They had to go to Fort Myers because they're playing the the, okay. the Red Sox. That, that's a bit of a drive. I thought it was the Yankees today. I believe it's the Yankees. Oh, that's tomorrow. You're right. You're yeah. right. They're, they're playing the Yankees today. They got, they... By the way, programming note, uh, the Yankees will be broadcasting Wednesday's game uh, with the Orioles. So on, the, anyone, on the Yes Network? On the Yes Network. So if, any, if, if anyone you, gets that. If you have, I, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, because I, I have this that I have the sports package that it comes with. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, you know, you can just listen. But to not today. Unfortunately, you, you can listen to just about every game yep. on the radio and hear yep. and hear Jeff's call. Gracious of him to join us on a day when they have a game in a, in a couple hours, and he's yep. got a lot of work to do. So, right. uh, thanks to him. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealers. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota Rav Four. Available in hybrid or gas only models. A Rav Four can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Rav Fours from your local Toyota dealer today. You know what? Let's um let's catch our break. Let's catch a first break, and then when we come back, Zach's gonna sound off, and then we'll get Stan the Fan Charles on the line. That's next on the Batter Round. Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Hey guys, it's Paul Valley, and there's a new era of Glenn Clark Radio as I've joined Glenn every weekday from 10 a.m. to noon. There will be some changes, but what won't change is the absolute best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. New Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Rashad Bateman. Thank you, I appreciate it. He is outfielder Cedric Mullins. Thank you guys for having me. Trey Mancini. Thanks for having me on, guys. He is Kevin Zeitler. Uh, thank you, very happy to be a part of this. Ravens kicker Justin Tucker. Thanks for having me. Adley Rutschman. Absolutely, thanks for having me on. John Angelos. Thanks a lot, good to be with you. Ryan Mount Castle. Thanks for having me on, guys. Marlon Humphrey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Quarterback for the University of Maryland, Talia Tungavailoa. Thank you guys for having me. He is J.K. Dobbins. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. The great Ray Lewis. Always good to be home. He is Mr. Cal Ripken Jr. Good chatting with you. You can watch us live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. 
All right, we're back in here on the Bat Around. Today's show brought to you by Problem Gambling. Know the risks and have a plan before you start gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. All right, we, we... I don't want to alienate any listeners. All right, so I'm... I'm, I'm going to give this guy a little bit of my time here. Uh, what, what's, this guy, Paul, who keeps making these comments, he, he was commenting on Glenn's show. Thinks the team is moving, unfortunately. Uh, uh, the, team's <laughs> not, the, the team's not moving. The team's not moving. Um, Paul talked to some people at the Maryland Stadium Authority and got some information. I, I, I don't know, Paul. I don't know. I, haven't I do done, not either. I, I, I haven't done my own research. I haven't looked into this. I'm not going to pass along information that somebody gives me that's not an authority. All right? Because I could come, and this is nothing against him. I don't know the guy. Mm -hmm. I could come in here next Saturday and say, I spoke to Stan Smith and from <laughs> uh, the, the American, I just realized that's the name of the guy from yeah. American Dad. I talked to Stan Smith, with uh, who's an upper up with the Orioles, and he said that they offered Carlos Correa twelve years, four hundred and eighty million dollars, and he turned it down because he didn't want to lose for the next decade. And I'm I'm making that up. Mm -hmm. I'm making that up. So I'm not gonna unless I have an authority figure from the Maryland Stadium Authority and from the Orioles come and tell me this information themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say it on the air. I'm not gonna say what this guy Paul is, is telling me on the air. Uh, Paul is very much inclined to think that the Orioles are moving and to think that they're they're being fraudulent with the city of Baltimore. And you're entitled to your opinion. I'm not going to give it much time. I, I, I can't. It, it, it would be irresponsible of me. Now, if again, if somebody from the Maryland Stadium Authority calls me and says, I don't know why they call me, but if they call me and they say, hey, I want, you, I want to talk about this on your show, that's when we'll start giving it attention. Until then, I can't do much with it. Uh, and I'm sorry. I'm moral, glad you, moral I'm, of the story. I'm glad you tuned into the show, Paul, and I'm glad you listened. I'm glad that you're so that you're so passionate about something. Yeah. There's just not much I can do with it. Um, listen, I mean, the, the moral of the story is that the Orioles are not moving. That's not going to happen. It's right. not going to happen. I, I, all I, like, you have to do... I, I, I'm not going to give that any more airtime because it's not really a... a it's just not going to happen. Hey guys, I don't know what else. To, I don't know what other way to say it. Camden Yards exists. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's not going to happen. Yes. Camden Yards exists. Yes. All right. And the left field wall has nothing to do. Uh, why? Listen. The thing is, is why would they pay for a new left field wall and do all of this and make all of these changes if they're going to move in a year? That doesn't. Right. Uh, they're, they're, I don't know. Makes no sense to me. But, but it shows you the state of this franchise. As far as he's the, not wrong in that. A, 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 yeah. As far as the mindset, and yes. it's the Orioles' fault. That people feel this way. Oh, one hundred percent, it is. You've you've been a, a non-factor. Yeah. For forty years. Yeah. It's your fault that 100%. people that, that people feel this way. One hundred percent. It's also the Colts' fault. But it's Bobby Irsay's fault for moving that team out. But the, yeah. But the Maryland Stadium Authority exists because of that. Yeah. All right. You don't have um. You don't have M&T Bank Stadium. You don't have Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Right. If that doesn't happen. Right. Right. But. To give it more attention, I can't do it. I I, I got a show to do, and uh, it would be irresponsible of me. Uh, so, Paul, keep listening. Stay passionate, man. I just I, I can't do much more than than that.
Hey, he's got to be one of the more passionate Orioles fans out there right yeah, now because yeah. they're, you know, I, I, I said this to someone, I think it was you this morning, actually, um, that the Orioles are doing a little bit of alienation of their fan base, I think. I, I think you look at what they did in this offseason and whether they chase Correa or not, well, I guess I don't know if we'll ever know um, or how close they got with that or, you know, the, the specifics behind it. But the fact that they went out and there really are two realistic starting pitchers on this team right now and there's no shortstop and there's no third baseman the second baseman we don't really know about the glove uh there's so many question marks on this team right now mm-hmm. the bullpen's gonna get taxed there's so many things that the orioles didn't do and left open uh left these massive gaping holes that we saw exploited by so many teams last year these same exact holes that they didn't mm-hmm. fill and i think you start to alienate your fan base a little bit when you're in year four of this thing and these are still the things that are happening Right. That's and I I'm I'm not as upset as you are. I think we're on a little bit of a different page with that because I I more I guess I kind of expected it and I think when you have lower expectations you don't get let down as much and I'm not let down by that. I just think that you at some point you're going to have to start proving to your fan base this is not how we want to operate, right? It's, right. it's just it's a little bit irresponsible I think to come out after what these guys did last year, guys like Keegan Aiken, Zach Lowther, and then throw them back on the mound and expect the same or expect a different result and expect a better result. Ken Rosenthal wrote an article this morning after Correa signed with the Twins, and this is something I I, I want to read to you. Okay. You might not have known it from the league's fretting over financials during the lockout, but teams are loaded. Tell us why again are the A's and Reds tearing down? Why do the Orioles and Pirates remain so inert? Why can't the Guardians act somewhat like the Twins? The rebuilding national signed designated hitter Nelson Cruz and a number of other free agents for depth. The Royals signed right-hander Zach Granke, traded for lefty reliever Amir Garrett, and are trying to get one of the A's starters. The Tigers, after signing shortstop Javier Baez before the lockout, have had lefty reliever Andrew Chaffin and right-hander Michael Pineda. Um... The action is welcome. The effort is welcome. If one of the legacies of the owner's lockout is that it will shame more teams into trying, then maybe the three months of exasperation were worthwhile. Uh, and like Glenn said on the show yesterday, the athletic is you have to pay for that, so I'm not yeah. trying to give... There's a lot more in that article than what I just read. Yeah. But but look, these other teams are trying. Right. They're at least putting a product that's watchable on the field. Right. Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez can only take you so far. And And look, if you told me if you told me two weeks from now, Grayson Rodriguez is breaking camp in the Orioles rotation, and Adley Rutschman's your starting catcher every day as soon as he's healthy, which I believe to be the case, mm-hmm. and Joey Ortiz is going to be your starting shortstop, mm-hmm. or Jordan Westberg, okay, and we're gonna and we're gonna bring in Cesar Prieto at second base, okay, mm-hmm. they're not gonna be good, but that's exciting to me. Yeah, I can watch yeah. that. One hundred percent. It's more. You know? It's way more watchable and, than and what's the then, product then, in the field is now than what they're than what yeah. they're going to give us. And, and look, there's some. There are things about this team to like. Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes are exciting. A lot of fun. Ryan Mountcastle drops bombs. A lot of fun. I I think Trey Mancini's going to have a nice bounce back year. Yeah. I, I, he said it's night and day how he feels this year compared right. to this time last year. All right, I I think Anthony Santander can bounce back. Nobody's talking <sighs> about him. I, I was just about to talk about him actually because he he's an interesting one because the. You know, the numbers looked pretty bad last year. He was injured a lot of the year. The guy is just, I don't know what to make of him. When he gets, and he had about a three-week stretch where he was healthy mm-hmm. last year, uh, right after the All-Star break. Where Fully he was, healthy. Where, yeah. where he was tearing the cover off the ball. Yeah. The dude can hit. The dude can play. Um, But it's a matter of him staying on the field. Ramon Arias' bat plays. When they did their top 10 uh, second baseman in, in Major League Baseball on mm-hmm. the MLB Network, he was one of the guys that they had listed that just missed. The guy can play. The bat plays. 
He puts he puts about the ball. He puts it in play. He gets on base. It's a matter. Of, uh, I would have never brought in Ruth Neto Dora. I would have told him second base is your job to lose. I, I still don't understand that move. It yeah. makes absolutely zero sense. And now look, you can uh, one would argue, hey, you want the Orioles to give out major league deals? There's one. But I'm like, that's the wrong player. Uh, you know, Eric DaCosta always says one thing that I, I always think is is so accurate and so perfectly put, and it's right player, right price. And Rufino Dor is not the right player. And honestly, five hundred and you know seven hundred thousand, whatever it is, the minor league. Uh, not the minor league, but the the minimum salary now mm-hmm. for for a guy is not the right price either. That's way too much for Rugnetto Door. He's not nearly that good to be getting paid seven hundred thousand dollars. I mean, the well, guy hit like he's getting two hundred like, last he's year. He's getting paid like twelve million by the by the Rangers. Well, right, yeah. yeah. I, I, look, I I do not understand that signing in any way, shape, or form. And I think a guy like Jorge Mateo gives you as much, if not more. And I I won't see it with Odor see, until he proves me wrong. See, here here here's the thing. Rufneto Dor has proven it in the past. Yeah, uh, he, he's he's hit thirty it, homers multiple. In what like sixteen, seventeen though? It's, I mean, it's been five years. No, he I, I think he hit he hit like thirty in twenty nineteen. Did he? Okay. Yeah. Um, he, he's the bat's never been great, but it's been good enough. And he punched Jose Bautista in the face, and that's always going to be cool. All right, but uh, you. You're so sold. I'm not. Maybe that's not the correct terminology. You're more sold on Jorge Mateo, who you saw a month of. You saw him for it's, a month. It's not and, that and, I'm sold and, on. And, and, and then the. I know that's why. That's why I retracted it. But you're more sold on him than anybody else. At, 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 because what at, do you have to lose? Stop. A lot of games. But you're going to lose a lot of games right. anyway. But exactly. but 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 exactly. But Jorge, that's exactly Jorge Mateo is not a starting shortstop in Major League Baseball. And Ruth Nodador is not a starting second baseman. Jorge Mateo, he's more a starting second baseman than Jorge is Mateo he? is a starting shortstop. <laughs> but look, Jorge Mateo, this time last year I was saying Cedric Mullins is a fourth outfielder. Mm-hmm. All right, so these guys can go out and they can prove me wrong, mm-hmm. right? But Jorge Mateo is a guy who is one day, he's going to play five days a week. But it's, and, 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 and one day he's going to play left field. And one day he's going to play center field. And one day he's going to play shortstop. Yeah. And one day he's going to play third base. And then one day he's going to come off the bench and he's going to pinch run for you. That's who Jorge Mateo is. It, and that's fine. That's that's a player you need on your roster. That's not the guy that starts at shortstop six days a week. It's not Mateo to me. It's... There, there's multiple guys here. That I think are in this discussion of the guys that are you know 24, 25, 26 years old that are more unknown than Ruth Nedodor, and I would rather give the opportunity oh, to a guy that I know isn't going to strike out, what? Um, 180 times. 178 times, which he last time he played a full season was in 2019, he struck out 178 times. Yeah. I would rather give the chance to a guy like Mateo. It's not that I'm sold on him, it's that I think there may be something there. And uh, to your point, I would much rather see Cesar Prieto come up and play second base for the Orioles this year than Ruth Nedodor. I would much rather see Joey Ortiz play shortstop than Jorge Mateo. I think Jorge Mateo has a role. I don't think it's never. I don't think it's a starting player at a, sp- a specific position. I think he's a guy you move all around and you use him kind of like a Ben Zobrist or um, what Jay Marisnik type, or uh, not Jay Marisnik, Marwin Gonzalez type. Like uh, Jorge Mateo, I look at him like a Marwin Gonzalez or like a Ben Zobrist, where you put him everywhere. You can put him anywhere, and he's not going to hurt you. And that's you. fine. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just. I woke up this morning, just looking at the reality of this mm-hmm. roster, and the reality is, they're not good. With that in mind, we've got Stan the Fan Charles on the line. 
uh, joining us for a segment about twenty, about 30 minutes later than usual because we had to get Jeff on the program. Stan, how are you this morning? Good morning to you. Doing great, guys. Doing great. So, Stan, we're, you're, ju- we're, you're just now realizing they're not good? It's not that I'm just now realizing they're not good. It's so I was I, I was admittedly blinded by the the Korea talk. Now I never fully believed that he was coming here, but I th- I thought that the move made enough sense that if it, and we talked to a reporter who's going to be on the show after you stand. We talked to to a reporter who is a legitimate reporter who had information about it. The fact that now that he signed with the Twins, I'm back to reality and I'm looking at the Orioles roster. Stan, they don't have a starting shortstop on their roster. Well, I looked at the uh, box score yesterday, and I saw a guy that doesn't get mentioned at all, and I just have a feeling that Richie Martin might end up being part of this before it's all over. Yeah, and that's that's kind of my point. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't have a shortstop. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've got three guys, and the guy I think we'd all love to see grab the job, but Luke and I, Luke Jackson, the editor and I, whenever we talk about him, um, we we talk about the fact that uh, Mateo and Urias both seem to have some some injury issues. Yeah, they both got their first uh, their first extended playing time of their careers last year, and they both ended the season injured, which I think yeah. is a re- it's a red flag. Yeah. Now they have so you're looking at a competition at shortstop between Chris o- Chris Owings, Ramon Urias, and Jorge Mateo. Yeah. Uh, yep. and, gonna, and Richie Martin and, and Richie Martin I, I honestly don't think that Richie Martin stands a great chance to uh I, I think that the bats of I, I think that Ramon Arias's bat uh is what gives him the leg up on the competition um Chris Owings because he's been around and he was a first round pick and he's had success at the major league level and Zach and I have been arguing about this basically all show I think Ruth Neto Dor is your starting second baseman this year, uh, for whatever reason, I think he's yep. your, your starting second baseman. So it takes a position away from Ramon Arias. It kind of forces your hand to. You want that bat in the lineup. You got to put him somewhere. Yep. Well, they've got uh, you know, and that's that's a sad story in and of itself. A guy who you know whose on base percentage is like about two sixty, and you're talking about needing his bat in the lineup. Um, you know. It's it's not a pretty picture from second base to shortstop to third base. It, it, it certainly. I mean, is. when when Kevin Gutierrez is sort of the guy you're sort of counting on to 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 contribute offensively, uh, that's not a pretty picture. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. Now, yeah. there's a guy who's familiar with the Orioles who's still out there, Freddie Galvis, unless he signed with somebody and I didn't realize it. He's still out there. Do you think that a reunion with him could be likely now that VR is to the Cubs and Iglesias is signed elsewhere? I believe he went overseas, Freddie Galvis. He's playing for the uh, Fuka Coca Yeah, Soft I thought he Hawks. signed on a Korean team. Yeah, I, it's like I a two-year contract. I missed that. I did not see that. That's surprising to me. He could have had a major league job. Yeah, I feel like that, that's, that's surprising to me. Um, Stan, no starting pitching. Jordan Lyles is the one move they made. They haven't addressed the rotation otherwise. And I think it's a mistake heading in the, into this year with the same mentality that you had last year where you're going you're gonna to give these, these young guys an opportunity. Well, you gave the, all the same guys the opportunity last year, and they couldn't take the ball and run with it. The, the only guys who haven't gotten the, the opportunity are Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall, and you don't want to rush them and, and stunt their development. Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent point you make. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
why is there no urgency to go out and get more starting pitching? Michael Pineda, $5.5 million to the Tigers. Tyler Anderson, $8 million to the Dodgers, who already have all the pitching in the world. Why couldn't the Orioles make a signing like that? Uh, you know, it's a darn good question. I mean, I've been watching these guys, you know, fall one by one. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's it's disappointing. And it's, uh, it's yeah, it's deflating a little bit. Yep. Oh, yeah. And they they brought back back Chris Ellis. I've been screaming from a mountaintop since they DFA'd him that this is a guy that the Orioles need to have uh, uh, vying for a starting rotation spot. He serviced himself well last year: two forty nine ERA and six starts, covering twenty five and a third innings pitched with the Orioles. Overall, he had a two fifteen ERA for the season in just seven games. Uh, do you think that he has a legitimate chance to crack the rotation coming out of spring training? I would think I would you know based on what we saw of him last year I would I would think so you know um and again the 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 quickness of spring training and I'm I'm anticipating there's going to be some expansion of the rosters with the ability of teams to have 14 pitchers uh, you know we're we're talking about a lot of moving pieces and and for the first 4 to 6 weeks of the regular season you're not really looking at anybody but Lyles or Means that might take you into into the seventh inning. You know, you're looking at a lot of three, four inning starts. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you, and, and yeah. with that in mind, Spencer Watkins got to start in the Orioles Grapefruit League opener yesterday. Yeah, that's, he, I mean, that in and of itself is very deflating. Yeah, you know, I agree. I, I mean, seriously, it's it's not it shouldn't be meant as the sign that he's our number one starter. But the fact that he is even back and in the picture is is got to be deflating, you uh, know, at this point in time. It is, and the fact that he was brought back well before Chris Ellis was brought back was, was yeah. surprising yeah. to me. Yeah. But then on top of that, Stan, but the, the point I was going to make is he pitched into the third inning yesterday. You don't generally see that for a first game of, of the exhibition schedule. You usually see an inning maybe into the second inning. He went two yeah. and two-thirds. He threw a lot of pitches yesterday because the defense certainly let him down. Do yeah. you think we're going to see more of that, these guys who maybe they've ramped up in the offseason, were doing things on their own, and we're going to see yep. deeper starts early to get them ready for the season? Yep, I would, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Now, Stan, it's 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 hard to. You look guys, at... you guys, of course, have talked already about Correa signing with Minnesota, right? Yeah, we we we, okay. we talked about okay. that, and that's why yeah. my, my, I was talking to Zach Stan, and my tone last week was so different than it is this week. Last week, I was so excited the baseball's back. This week, it's my eyes being cleaned of whatever was was flooding them, and me looking at this roster, and it's hard to not look at this team, and even with a new CBA, I hate to use the word. But you can't not use the word tanking. There's you. You cannot, as an Oriole, as an Orioles executive, as a as a talking piece for the Orioles, you cannot legitimately come out and talk about this team and say we're trying. Uh, that's that's a fair that's a fair assessment. You know, look the the things that that perturb me are you know, you've you've nailed them. You know, there's there's been no real over uh, aggressive effort to get somebody that can play shortstop even for a year. I mean, the fact that, uh, who did Iglesias sign with the Cubs? No, VR signed with the Cubs. Who did Iglesias sign with, Zach? Uh, it, was it, I'll check on that. I, Colorado. I, Colorado. Colorado. I think that just shouldn't, that just shouldn't have happened this year. 
you know, whether it was another million or another 1.5 million, you needed a shortstop that could play 120 games. I think they you. gave him about $5 million, so yeah. which is perfectly right. within what the Orioles could have given him. It's, yeah. yeah. It, it just it, doesn't make make a ton of sense to me that you yeah. go out and you sign Jordan Well, what, what they are, they're, uh, you know, the only reason I'll take exception to the word tanking is tanking is to purposely lose to get draft picks. I never really use that in baseball because you don't get you don't get the impact that you would get in the NBA when one player in your organization can get, if you tank and get the top player in the NBA he can help you for immediately yeah. for twelve years. You know what I mean? In baseball, it, it's it's not quite as obvious that a guy's going to help you immediately. So to to say it's tanking, but it seems like what they're doing is more like a conscious timing effort to time it to when they are uh, ready to you know when some of these pieces like Kowser and Herstad and Rutschman are really in place, uh, Grayson Rodriguez. But I, I tell you, what's disturbing to me is I don't see the organization making any real overt effort to upgrade pitching, you know, yeah. Yeah. On, on, a, on an organizational level. And that's disturbing to me. And the other thing that, frankly, is disturbing, we'd, we'd like a little luck for, for once, you know, in the last five years, and the Rutschman injury, while we, we know it's probably nothing major, it, the fact that he gets shunted back backwards again is, is just uh, disheartening. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. So Stan Correa is set to make about $35 million per year, three years, yep. 105 Yep. It doesn't seem like that much to me. That's not that expensive for a seven-war player, a guy that immediately changes any franchise. Why weren't more teams willing to give out $35 million per year to Correa? Now, obviously, he did get two opt-outs, which is significant because he's able to, yep. to move on from Minnesota pretty early I, if he wants I, to. But why I wouldn't think, more teams give I this think, out? Uh, I think the problem with him is his career tra- trajectory in terms of injury. You know, He's a That's guy that you could sign... He, I wouldn't want to have. I would have loved to have had Correa on a three-year deal in that ballpark, you know. But I wouldn't want Correa on a seven or nine-year contract because I would be frankly, worried about uh, that back. Frankly, you know? I don't want anyone on a seven or yeah, nine-year contract. I, I really don't. I don't either. You know. Yeah, I, I and, and what I said at the beginning of the show, Stan, it's not so much the player. That I'm upset about. It, it it could have been any player. It could have been Castellanos. It could have it could have been Schwarber. It could have been Trevor Story. It's. I was more excited about the idea that the Orioles were showing a willingness to spend that kind of money, and and I think that the Correa was the exception for them. I don't think that they're going to go out now and turn their efforts to Trevor Story. Definitely. Not. Uh, and I, I I look at this team and. It showed to me, hey, we think we're about to turn the corner, so we're gonna we're gonna pay a guy to be part of the centerpiece of this. Now I look back and it's like, oh, wait, no, it's the Baltimore Orioles. It, this is this is still the same team. And Glenn and I have talked about this for a couple of weeks. It's new leadership. And, and look, Michael Elias has checked every box that he said he was going to check to this point except for winning. When do we finally turn the page? When can we finally say, hey, we're going to put a more a more quality product on the field for our fan base? Um, I, I really wish I had the answer, you know, and, and maybe a little bit of it has to do with how aggressive Toronto has been, you know, that now it's not just three teams that, that are clearly in front of the Orioles. 
it's all four that are really uh, so significantly better than the Orioles. Oh, I yeah. think I think Toronto is going to the World Series this year. I think yeah, I think uh, they're the team to easily beat in, in the American. And, yeah. and I yeah. said that before the lockout. Uh, I think that they that they're uh, don't 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 rule out the Red Sox just yet. You know, the team that uh, looks a little behind everybody right now is the Yankees. Oh yeah, and I don't know that Tampa has ratcheted up their chances. They, I mean, they're not suddenly going to fall back and be an 81-win team, but I think they'll be a lot closer to 89 to 92 than they were last year. Yeah, I think know? I think Tampa's taken a step back, and I think that they were in on some players that they missed out on, and I think that they're kind of uh, kind of kicking themselves for not being a little bit more aggressive this yeah. offseason when you look at what the rest of the league has done. Uh, yeah, so- i, I got to be honest. You know, the fact that they didn't really make a strong bid for uh, Nelson Cruz that they got topped by the Washington Nationals. Yeah. If I'm a if I'm a Tampa fan, you know, I, I I'm upset with that. You'd be like one of twelve. It's been yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. been rumored they're in on uh, Jorge Soler, so maybe a I guess maybe a little yep. bit of consolation to Cruz, but yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah, Jorge. Those are the types of players that kind of scream, "I'm a Tampa." Oh Bay, yeah. Right? yeah, Jorge Soler is definitely yeah. a Tampa Bay guy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now, now Stan, yeah. I want to talk about one of our guys, uh, Trey Mancini. We heard that he's going to be getting some work in in the corner outfield spots this mm-hmm. spring. He said that he fe- it's a night and day difference how he feels this time this year compared to this time last year. Um, the, first with the outfield work. Do you think that they're just doing this as a just-in-case scenario in case somebody gets hurt and they need to put him out there? Or do you think it could be that they're trying to broaden his trade value? I'm, I'm not quite sure about that, but I guess if, if he's truly healthy, you, you may, you know, last year it was enough to, to have Mancini and Mountcastle in the lineup on the same day at first base or DH. Mm-hmm. And it definitely expands the the options Brandon Hyde has to, to have run production if if he can still play Mancini once in a while in the outfield. You know, there are certain days, maybe it's a day where you want Rutschman DHing, you know, uh, and and one of them's got to play somewhere, you yeah. know. So, I, I, and I, I do think, it does make a little bit of sense to have them at least readapt to playing a little outfield. So if a team like the White Sox is looking for, a, let's say Trey's having a really good season, and you you do get into significant, and I, I'm guessing this is where the club feels it can acquire pitching down the road, is in, in a trade-off of somebody like that, you know. Yeah. And it, it definitely would, I, I think it would increase his trade value a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, and it, I think if, if Trey Mancini's 27, we're not having this conversation. You know what I mean? But it's the fact that he just turned 30 yesterday. And happy happy birthday. Happy uh, birthday to, to Trey. To yep. Trey Mancini. Um, but I think that, that he is a, a, a bit of a face of the franchise. And oh, yeah. it, it's, it's somebody that, if you... If, can he get? I guess my my next question is: Can he get back to that 2019 version of him that we saw? Because that was a a damn fine baseball player last year. We understand the circumstances; it wasn't a Trey Mancini esque season. Does he? Do you think he can get back to that player that he was in 2019? Yeah, I do. Uh, I I'm I'm relatively optimistic about that. You know, I think he's a, mentally a pretty strong guy. Oh yeah, he's far enough. You know, it's not a, a given that he won't have any type of medical issue with with what's happened in the past, but he's far enough away from it 
that it can't be on his mind as much as it was last year. And the fact that he had an offseason to train and get back, I think you're going to see a, a really strong season by Trey Mancini. And I think we're going to be sort of uh, really scratching our heads if they trade him, you know. Yeah, I, 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 another guy I think that it could be. I mean, that, there is a there is an example of something the team could do now. And again, given that Correa got a three year contract, the the fact that a player of that renown got a three year contract, they should at least be publicly letting the fans know that they're they're offering a really nice three year contract for Trey Mancini and get that sort of. Get that off the, uh, you know, off the front burner that he's just a rental here, you know. Yeah, I, it would I, it would it would send a really strong message because, like you say, he's not only the face of the franchise; he's a darn good baseball player if he's healthy. And there's no reason to believe he won't be that player this year. Yeah, no, I know. I you, you said it best. I 100 percent agree with you. How? how I mean, and again, I'm not talking in the thirty million dollar range, but again. You know, had they been aggressive on this six months ago, just like what happened the other day with the Ravens, I'm not really blaming them because the the, the market changed right in front of their eyes just as Sundarius Smith was ready to sign a contract. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you, if you think about it, if you had offered Trey Mancini a three-year, 36 or $42 million contract last April, May, June, you know, he probably would have taken that contract at that time. And now, because a guy like Correa is getting $35 million, that number may be six, $6 or $7 million more to sign Mancini to a three-year, three-year deal. Especially like if he comes back to that 2019 form. If, 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 yeah. he, if he's a 35 Well, but you, you may have guy. to. You, you, that's, that's where the club needs to take some risk uh, that they – that they feel that he can come back. And let's be honest, he was at that 2019 level the first half of last year. That's true. That and yeah. I think fatigue uh, took a lot out of him. And, I, and I, won't, I won't feel funny mentioning the home run derby contest. I think he got so involved in that, that was so important for him as a marker, that he used up a, maybe two weeks of energy on that thing. And he just wasn't the same player after the uh, All Star break. Not to but, mention, I mean his his downward tilt last year started about two weeks before the All Star game. Yeah, and not to mention the 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 funky blood work that he got back in June to put a that put a scare into him for a yeah. couple a couple of weeks. Yeah. That, that has to take yeah. a mental toll, which can impact your play on the field. Yeah. But the drop off yeah. in the second half of the season was 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 pretty big. Was pretty big, yep. so we're hoping that he that he stopped hitting any back. home runs. I mean, yeah. he just his power yeah. got zapped. He was still hitting singles and and doubles sometimes, yeah. but it was he became a, a but very home run, his game. home run and RBI production was just absolutely abysmal in the second half of the year. But I think it's it's fair to say that that's a case of mental and physical fatigue hitting a player like none other we've seen. You know. yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you there, Stan. Stan, we got to run. Um, we we okay. got we got a guest coming up after the next break. So all right, uh, guys, great, great talking, talking with you. to you. We'll talk to you next okay. week. Okay, buddy. Bye. 
And that was Stan the Fan, Charles, who has two great shows for you every week. Every Monday night, Stan and former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley visit with a different guest from the world of baseball. And every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, Stan caught up with former Orioles union rep Doug DeSensei, while Stan and Gary chatted with Baltimore native and Scott Van Pelt producer Matty Brightman. Plus, Stan and Luke Jackson caught up with Baltimore boxer Yahoo Block excuse me, Yahoo Blackwell, for those shows under the videos tab at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or at pressboxonline.com slash video. Stan and Ross are back on Monday night chatting with former Orioles manager Dave Trembley about his new role in the Major League Baseball draft. I, I with, with regards to Trey Mancini, um, with, with, with regards to Trey, I don't know how much an extension makes sense right now. Oh, it, do- and, it, it, it doesn't. And, and and I don't want to be be dismissive of Stan. Uh, I I agree with with his point because he's Trey Mancini, mm-hmm. and what he means goes beyond the baseball field. Yeah. To this franchise, and if he get and, and if Trey Mancini is Trey Mancini, mm-hmm. then you can understand extending him. But the fact remains: a he's thirty years old. B is he going to be willing to sign a three year deal? And C, is he going to put up that kind of production that makes it worth it? And is he and D for that matter? Is he going to be blocking somebody else who might be better? Well, yeah. look, hitters like that, like Trey Mancini, a similar similar profile, or a dime a dozen. That's see, I see, I disagree with you there. I don't think a player that at his best hits in the two nineties with thirty plus homers. But that's 30, not what he 30, did last th- year. That, that's yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. You're talking I'm, about 2019. I'm talking Trey about Mancini. 2019 Trey Mancini. Okay, fair. Uh, uh, you're you're taking one year where he's come uh, and painting it as that's who Trey Mancini is, and that's a guy who just came off of chemotherapy. Yeah, we're, we're talking about a guy who, when he's healthy, when he's at his best, he hits 290. He gets on base at a 340, 350 clip. He hits 30 homers, he hits 30 doubles, and he drives in close to 100. Yeah. That's not a dime a dozen. No. That's, that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a $20 million a year player at, at yes. a minimum. At a minimum. I don't, mm, not with his defensive value, in my opinion. I would say it's more like a 15, 10, yeah, but, yeah, somewhere but the, in that range. Yeah, but there's, there's a universal DH. So, that's true. It might help so, him out a little bit with so market value. Th- that, that guy, a, a guy like that gets paid. A guy like that gets paid. Uh, so I, I look at Trey Mancini, and... I don't know. I guess just from where the Orioles are with what their farm system looks like and who they have coming up through the pipeline, and with what Trey Mancini did last year, yeah. I I look at it and I say, does it make sense uh, from a, from a business standpoint to sign Trey Mancini now? And where Stan said there's some risk involved, you have to be willing to take on a risk. It's a risk if you sign him and then he's not that good. It's a, if, if if he's 2021 version, that's not worth the risk. Um, if you don't sign him and you want to see what he can give you, and then he is 2019 Trey, and then he's priced himself out of, out of Baltimore. Yeah, I I think he will fall somewhere in the middle of what he did in 2020, uh, 2021, and 2019. I think he's going to fall somewhere in the middle performance. So like 270 with like 25 home runs. 70, yeah, roughly. 75 I mean, he, ADRBI. Look, he was a 3.7 WAR player in 2019. He was a .8 WAR player in 2021. There's mm-hmm. a big difference, and I, I think he'll fall more in that you know 2.3, 2.4 range where he, you know maybe hits 30 home runs. Maybe if he gets there and averages a little lower, the OPS a little lo- little lower overall. Um, I don't know if he'll ever return to that 2019 form because. It's going to be hard to. We need a really good year in 2019. He was a very good player. Um, I don't know if he's 20 million worth, but I think definitely around 15. Yeah. Um, 
and, and I'll tell you what, man. If if, if you have <clears throat> if you have 2017, 20, uh, 2017 Trey, yeah, who had about two ninety with twenty four home runs, about seventy five eighty RBIs. If you have that guy in your lineup, and it's surrounded by a Rutschman and a Mountcastle Still fine. and a Hayes yeah. and a Mullins, that Santander if he's healthy, yeah. That's that's a good lineup. My question is: Is how hard would it be to replace a guy like Mancini? I feel like it wouldn't be that. I difficult. think I think they already have. I think he's already kind of being squeezed out as it is. Yeah, exactly. And that's you know, why I, I think an extension is not the smartest move. The, it, it, an extension for Trey Mancini at this moment would be a PR move. Yes, it, it would be a move to say to your fan base, "Hey, we know how important this guy is to you. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna lock him up." You know, uh, from a from a baseball standpoint. Where is he going to play? Is he going to DH? Well, you'd like to think that you have... And again, if Trey Mancini is back to being Trey Mancini, that's a really good DH. Right. You know what I mean? But you have other guys who are going to come up who... Heston Kerstad may have to DH. Sure. You know, or, or Kyle Stowers may have to DH. There's going to be better options. I, that's Younger, the way I feel. better, yeah. more cost-effective options. And I hate to say cost-effective because I hate when teams are cost-effective. You have no limit to your spending. You don't need to be cost-effective. No, not when you're... The Baltimore Orioles, you don't have a limit to your spending. Your franchise is worth over a billion dollars. You're good. Steve Cohen's about to spend, uh, what is it? $300 million. $300 on his payroll, which is far above the luxury tax that was set by the new uh, CBA, and he doesn't really care. It's so far above that they made a new luxury (laughs) tax threshold just for him. It's it's, I mean, you look at the luxury tax, and it's it's. I wanted it personally to be upped a little bit to get these teams down a little bit in, as far as payroll spending. But the Orioles will never get up to three hundred million. They will not be close to that. And, that will and, never and, ever and, happen. And, and frankly, they so, don't. Yeah, the Orioles can spend money. They don't money. need to be. And no. And the the only teams that can really do that are those big market teams. Yeah. Are yeah. teams like the Yankees and the Cubs and the Dodgers. Yeah. The Red Sox aren't in a big market. But they're kind of a mid-market team, but they're the Red Sox, so they go out and they spend anyway, which kind of proves to me that any team can spend, right? You know, if you really want to. Oh, but, easily, sure. But but the big market teams are the teams that that spend that much: the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers. Right. Exactly. So the Angels and the Angels, but the Angels do it so poorly. They they spend a lot of money, but they, poorly. They, yeah. they spend a lot of money to win seventy seven games they, every year. They gave Rendon what two fifty, two hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and people, I, I was on board that Correa could have, could have ended up in Anaheim. Um, yeah, and, but that they just got out from under Albert Pujols' contract. Right, they just got out from under Justin Upton's contract. You, yeah. and, and Anthony Rendon's contract's not playing out. You look at what happened with. Um, oh, it's horrible. The Rendon who, contract. Who, who is failure? Why? I, why is this guy's name escaping me? He played for the Reds and then the um, the Rangers. He had the drug problems. He's number one pick. Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton. You 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 paid Josh Hamilton a lot of money to do nothing for your franchise. You did the same thing with C.J. Wilson. Mm. They're probably not on board with saying, okay, let's go bring in another guy for a ton of money for a contract that's yeah. only going to be good for four or five years. Yeah. So I I can understand why they didn't go out and get a guy like Correa, but they they are known to spend money. I I, I the Orioles can be. A good franchise, a winning franchise, without spending two hundred million dollars, and that's what they're going to have to do. And that's why you build a farm system. That's why you build a pipeline that continues to give you cost-effective talent. Yeah. So that you only have to sprinkle in a big-time, a big-time contract instead of having to litter your team with them. You look at the Yankees, and the Yankees are at best a third-place team in this division, and they spend more money than just about everybody other than the Mets. Right. 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 So, look, we got to get another break. Uh, when we come back in, the guy who. Um, 
got us privy to the possibility of Carlos Correa coming to the Orioles. Raul Ramos will join the show next on the Bat Around. Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing, and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their smoky thigh wings with Guinness grilling sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their corned beef and cabbage, the shepherd's pie with Guinness braised ground beef, the Glory Days Reuben, and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer, and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com PressBoxOnline. The newest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sometimes you just gotta let babies cry. You know what I mean. I, I have no uh, idea what that means. So sometimes when, when, when if, if, I, I've never had a child, but sometimes babies cry, right? When are you getting that dog, by the way? <sighs> don't even don't even start, man. My, 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 <laughs> my heart's broken enough already. Oh no! Uh, not anytime soon. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Sometimes you just need to let a baby cry itself out. 
So that's what I'm going to do here. Okay. I'm just going to let this baby cry, and I'm going to leave it alone. All right. Uh, there are things that I am just not willing to talk about on this show. I'm just not I'm not willing to talk about the Orioles moving because it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Not will not willing to give. To, I would agree. <laughs> you, you know what I mean. So so I would agree with you. Cry yourself out. Keep beating your head against the wall. Maybe somebody will listen. I'm not that guy. This ain't that show. This is a show where we want to talk about the Orioles, who we know are staying, and we know we're going to turn a corner here at some point. I, I'm not giving any other time or effort to this. So, th- for those of you who don't know, we have somebody who's coming at us because we won't give him time on the show about the Maryland Stadium Authority and the Orioles potentially moving. I've already given it too much time. I've already given it too much time. Get a hobby. Get a hobby. Find something else. You go. Zach and I are going to play golf tomorrow. Go play some golf, man. Golf's it's a lot fun. of fun. The weather's, good, the weather's great. <laughs> it's a beautiful day here in Baltimore. Round two of the bat around open. Yeah, go 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 play some golf. Go play some tennis. Go take a walk on the Mom Pa Trail or the NCR Trail. Whatever whatever you want to do. It is a beautiful day. It's a beautiful in day. Have a glass of water and take a breath. Or wine. You know. Or, or beer. Or, or, I, I don't. I don't want this person drinking. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, on to Raul Ramos. Yeah, Coming we, up we, in a second. Yeah. We, we, I'm going to get him on the phone. Yeah. We got we to gotta get Raul Ramos on the phone. Raul Ramos is um, he is a uh, member of the Baseball Writers Association of America. He covers the Mets and the Yankees for Con Las Besas Llenas, which is Con Las Bases Loaded, with the bases loaded. Beautifully said. Thank you. Um, he covers the Yankees and the Mets. Uh, but more importantly for Baltimore, he's the guy who first... Uh, put the idea of Carlos Correa in an Orioles uniform uh, in the minds of Orioles fans. And as we all know, Correa ended up signing for about $35.1 million a year with the uh, Twins this morning, ending all hopes that he could be in Baltimore. But we do believe that it was a legitimate thing that the Orioles made an offer, and Raul Ramos was the first person to break that information. With that in mind, uh, we do have Raul Ramos on the line right now, again from Con Las Besas Hienas, covering the Yankees and the Mets, a member of the Baseball Raiders Association of America. Raul, how are you this morning? Uh, good morning, guys. Um, it's, a, it's a nice day here in Jersey. Unfortunately, it's a sad day for... I guess it's, it's sad, and it's, uh, uh, it's also for people in Maryland. But, uh, hey, baseball, as you know, is a business. So, uh, Korea, unfortunately, is not an Baltimore Oriole. Yeah, it, it is unfortunate. But it, I do believe that the Orioles had an offer. How legitimate was that offer? How, le- how legitimate were they as contenders to get Carlos Correa? <clears throat> well, there was an offer. I've stated it all along. Uh, they had the best offer uh, money-wise, amount-wise. Uh, amount um, <clears throat> but from... From the very beginning, uh, they were saying no to an opt-out uh, at the beginning of the contract. Mm-hmm. And when you have a team that is in a rebuilding, you, you cannot allow, if you're going to bring a captain, to leave that cheap, to leave, to leave before the time. And that's what happened. Uh, <clears throat> you can't compete with an opt-out after the first year. And that's what Minnesota offered Carlos Correa. Yeah, so that's basically what it came down to because the the money the the Orioles offer was reportedly the best one that he that he had gotten, um, but he, there was an unwillingness from the Orioles to give him that opt out. I guess that was a sticking point for him was he wanted an opt out after the first or second year then. Yeah, and um, at the end, at the end, if you see the uh, Minnesota offered the most money 
per year. Right. But that's Scott Boras tactic, right? Making him the mo- the uh, the best paid shortstop in the game. But long haul, it was over three hundred fifty million dollars. So uh, so Correa was going to become the best uh, <clears throat> paid shortstop <clears throat> in a long contract. Yeah. So I I don't know, and this is me talking. This is Raul Ramos, right? If <clears throat> Correa changing agents that affect the chances of Baltimore, because I always said, and you know this, Scott Boras doesn't like to leave one dollar on the table. That's absolutely correct. It's absolutely so, correct. So Scott Boras having to share something—that's <laughs> yeah. not Scott Boras. So, uh, and so I don't know if that <clears throat> if that was an issue, right? And, and, and again, this is me. This is, this is me talking, what I'm going to say. Um, they, they offered this before the lockout, right? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe Correa's camp thought that, oh, uh, let's wait to see how, how high the CVT is going to go and let's see how many more offers I'm going to get. And I think they, they misread the market. They didn't get any more offers higher than Baltimore. If they did, he will have signed elsewhere. Right. Yeah, and and I tend to agree agree with you on that. And I I don't think, and as you said, Scott Boris doesn't like to leave a dollar on the table because he was going to have to share this commission with uh, with another another agency group. The the fact that he hasn't opt out after the first year and the second year means that if he opts out, if he goes out and he puts up another 7.2 win season like he did last year, and he opts out after 2022, the next contract he signs, Scott Boris gets every single dime. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's a tactic that we can't, we can't overlook. Got to be part of the plan. Yeah. So it, it works for, for Correa because he gets to say he's the highest paid shortstop in the game. It works for Boris because he got his client a good contract, and he's still getting his money too. So the, uh, the tone around Baltimore is disappointment because, look, the Orioles are never this team. Right, they're never the team that goes out and makes that big splashy move. And every time that they have in the past, and you look, you look at Albert Bell, and you look at Chris Davis, you look at a, a big Scott Erickson contract. These contracts generally haven't worked out for the Orioles. So the fact that they were willing to go out and, ma- and spend that money, and then they missed out, it's you leave yourself. It leaves you feeling deflated as an Orioles fan. Are we to believe that it was Carlos Correa or Bus? Nobody else is going to get that kind of money from the Orioles. Well, you know what? I don't, I don't know. Right, we we all know how Michael Lewis works his magic, right? Uh, we we know he's a he's a strategist. Um, he has when he has something in his mind, he has been able to develop to develop it. And um, I I think that right now the most important part of the piece is that you have a, a, a Elias, right? That he's still on charge, and I think he has a plan. He has to, and this is, I get again. This is me talking, right? I'm guessing that he has a plan B, right? Mm-hmm. What's the plan B? Maybe for next year, maybe there's more key players next year that will be available. That, I don't know. I don't know. But at least the willingness for the organization to open the wallet to bring a piece that they think that they were able to give the extra mile in a division that is the most difficult division in MLB, I think it's a good sign. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a good sign. I think we would have liked it a lot better if it worked out. Uh, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers, I suppose. You also, when you when you addressed this most recently, you also uh, briefly mentioned the possibility of a uh, Adley Rutschman extension that they were potentially working on. Do you have any information or more information regarding that? Well, I was told, 
and again, that, that I was told, that they were working conjunctively. So when uh, Correa's coming, they will offer that to, to the prospect. But I don't know. I haven't asked. I will keep, I will keep on top to see what's, what's the deal with that. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's just like uh, I was up yesterday till to something in the morning. Waiting, waiting to see what, if something was going to happen because, like, uh, my my last communication was around six p.m. I was I was going to say, mm-hmm. but then after that everything became quiet. Um, and what what I do know, right? What, what I would what I do know is that uh, around four o'clock, I heard that the astro said. Uh, we're not going to continue. We're not going to. We're not going to continue uh, with the deal. Okay. So uh, from that point on, um, I thought that there was a real chance, uh, but fortunately that wasn't the case. Um, I'm going to tell you something. Um, I have a lot of. Re- I have gained a lot of respect towards the uh, the O's fans. Uh, I, I know that you guys really want to win. Um, and I, I actually have made new friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, in uh, in the uh, uh, Baltimore fans, and I'm I'm looking forward to see uh, what else I can I can dig and report about the Orioles because uh, it it has become fun. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 fun to see something that might bring some optimism to this fan base because if if you don't know the history of the Orioles, the last forty years, uh, Raul, I'm I'm 37. I'm, I've been a lifelong diehard Orioles fan, and they have had 13 winning seasons in my life. 13. Um, it, it's been very, very difficult to follow this franchise. We do it because we love it, but it, it's it's been difficult. So anything that kind of gives uh, hope and optimism to this fan base, to this franchise, we are we are all for. Now, um, unfortunately, the Correa thing didn't work out. We are hopeful that something else can come about here. I'm more inclined to think that they're going to spend next offseason rather than rather than this season. But it sounds to me like with regards to the Adley Rutschman extension, you're saying that that was kind of tied to the idea of signing Carlos Correa. So they bring in Carlos Correa. They also show a sign of good faith in extending Rutschman. But one has to come for the other to come. Is that what you were saying, basically? So that's what I was told. Okay. Uh, but I don't know, right? I don't know. If they're going to actually continue with it, I hope they do. It, there's precedent, right? The White Sox have done it. Uh, other teams have done it. Uh, they, uh, Tampa did it with Wander Franco. Uh, but like White Sox, yeah. the White Sox did it with Eloy Jimenez without seeing a, a single uh, game in MLB level. So, uh, so I know there's precedent, right? We know there's precedent. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, the, the Twins drastically underperformed last year. They, they were not the team everyone thought they were going to be. Now you come out, you sign Correa, you sign a bunch of other big pieces. Are they contenders for this year? And, and does Correa really put them over the top? I think in their minds, they, they, they think they are. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, 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 they have a new, um, a new left side of the infield, right? They have uh, um, Uchela, they have Correa. Yep. Uh, I was talking to uh, to um, to Gary's uh, agents, and they're expecting him to have a, a monstrous year, right? Playing without pressure. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know. 
if they have it, if they have to, if they have what they, what if they have what they need to win it all. But I think that it's going to be fun to to see them play. Um, and in order to to put that type of money on a one year is because maybe you think you have what you need to win it all. But I don't think they are there. Yeah, I don't think they're there either. I, I, I think that they're missing a couple of pieces. I think their rotation yeah. needs to get a lot better. And they're in a division that's going to be very tough to compete in. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many other good teams that could be, or, you know, put themselves over the top in that division for sure. Yeah. But let's not forget that now more teams are able to go into the playoffs. So I guess they're, they're, um, they're putting money down that now with the more opportunity, they have a, a really good chance to go into the playoffs. Yeah. And anything can happen in a playoff, right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the hottest team is the, the one that's going to win, so. Yeah, but and you look at it. The Twins were were good in 2019. They were good in 2020. They were expected to be good last year, and they weren't. They fell off a cliff. They're they're reloading and saying, "Hey, we were there two years ago. We're going to get back there this year." I, I I can't hate on them for doing what they what they've done. I just don't think that they're as close as they think they are. I think they need to get a little bit more starting pitching. Now, speaking of a team that needs to get more starting pitching, uh, Raul, you you cover the Yankees. Um, they have their fans seem upset. You'd think the, the, the world is ending. Uh, after Garrett Cole and Luis Severino, if he's healthy, they don't have much else. In the, and Jameson Tyon is a good piece, I suppose, but they don't have much else in that starting rotation. They have a bit of a beer league softball lineup um, when you look at all the, all the strikeouts with all the home runs. Aging veterans, they bring in another aging veteran in Josh Donaldson. People always say, it, but it's the Yankees. But the Yankees haven't been the Yankees in quite some time. Where does that team stand as as we look at them today? And how hot is Aaron Boone's seat right now? All right. So there's there's a few questions there. So um, so Domingo Herman being out that's that's bad news. Uh, Hellion, he he's supposed to be he, this is going to be his seventh year out of uh, Tony on, so he should be better. Um, Severino is a question mark. Um, he, he, he has a ceiling, uh, but he needs to, to see, to prove that he's able to, um, to show what he's able to. Um, the Yankees are banking on Cortez, uh, Nestor Cortez and Luis Hill, which are, those are not the names that you want to have on an, uh, elite A team, right? Um, right. take you all the way to the World Series. That's true. Um, there's some pitchers that they didn't want to go to the Yankees uh, this offseason. Um, plus, the Yankees didn't have a, a, a lot of space uh, before the CVT was a uh, um, race. I can say that uh, I, I, have, I don't understand the way that this team has been uh, built. Uh, high strikeouts. Uh, I was against Joey Gallo. Uh, become a Yankee. Uh, people say, "Oh, but he he gets on base a lot." Yeah, but Yankee, the Yankees probably is not getting on base. He's he's bringing the runners home, and and you you need a, a guy that hits. And unfortunately, they I don't know if they have become too metric analytic center. They're forgetting they have they don't have they don't have a balance between old school and new school. And maybe that's what's lacking, you know, just so, like, for example, uh, oh, let's work on the launch angle, and they messed up Labor Torres' swing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
so they, they have a lot of talent, <clears throat> but we have to see if the new coaching staff is able to push the philosophy that is in place. Meaning, like, r right now, right now, and, and you know this, um, a manager is a general that is following orders for the, from the main general that is in the front office, right. a.k.a. the general manager. <laughs> right. Right? So <clears throat> there's a game plan in place where uh, you will have to take out the pitcher at this inning, no matter how many uh, pitches he has thrown. Um, there's a matchup that if there's a lefty, you have to put uh, this righty, even if he has not able to, even if even if he has not been able to uh, hit him in the last twenty at bats. <laughs> uh, so it's it's going to be interesting. Um, I they, personally, I will tell you that um, I think the Donaldson trade. Uh, at the end, didn't allow them to get Korea. Uh, I know that Korea was pushing uh, for Boris to talk to the Yankees, uh, but those twenty-five million dollars from Donaldson, they may they they made Yankees have no no space to to yeah. bring him over. Yeah, and, and especially if they if they want to extend Judge next year. Uh, if, that's yeah. only, if that's a route that they're going, uh, how yeah. could you afford Korea at that time? And, and, and now, I, I will tell you this, and this is, uh, and this is an unconfirmed rumor, but I have been hearing it from different places, right? Uh, Korea's wife, she, um, she's uh, missed something in Texas. So she, I, I, I heard that she wants to become an actress, or she's an actress. Mm-hmm. So she was pushing to for a team in L.A. or New York. Okay. So, and that's why I heard that uh, that they were trying to see if the Yankees were interested, but the Yankees have no space at the end. Yeah, they 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 were up against it financially. So, <clears throat> mm -hmm. excuse me. So yeah. So, uh, and, so I'm sorry. So 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 at the end, um, this. this the, the, the Yankees they have spent a lot of money, so you cannot tell, you cannot tell that, that George Steinbrenner is cheap. He has spent a lot. Now, how wise the money has been spent, I don't know. Um, they, they need to sign uh, Judge. He's the centerpiece, right? Um, maybe for seven years. And I don't think they have a team this year to win a championship. But in baseball, you never know. Yeah, you, you you never know, and it, it's it's the Yankees. You saw the Astros go to Game Seven of the ALCS when they finished the season below five hundred in twenty twenty. So anything can happen at any given time. You certainly are correct, Raul. We're we're up against it. We got we got to get going. But hey, when you're in Baltimore, send me a line. We'll go and we'll grab that beer. Okay. Thanks, man. Thank you for the invitation. All right, and good luck for you guys. Thank you, sir. You have a great season. We'll talk soon. All right, that was Raul Ramos from Con Las Besas Llenas uh, jo joining us to talk a little bit about the Yankees, talk about what happened in the Carlos Correa thing, and it makes sense. Mm -hmm. it, I do believe that the Orioles had an offer on the table. Oh, yeah. I 100% uh, I, I believe they we, did. And we've heard that confirmed <clears throat> from multiple places. Exactly. Ken Rosenthal basically yep. confirmed it. and um, But I also think that he's right. I think that Correa wanted an opt-out super early. 
Mm-hmm. And the Orioles were like, well, look, we, we cannot do that. We can't do that. Right. So uh, if if they said this morning, if I woke up to the news this morning, Orioles, Carlos Correa agreed a 10-year, $325 million contract with an opt-out after the first two years, I'd have been excited for this season, but not moving forward. Because, yeah, right. Because you can't right. tell me that he's not going to opt out after this year and go sign with somebody else. Look, I completely understand why the Orioles wouldn't give him that opt-out. I, it makes total sense. Opt-outs are... And bo- look, Boris is, Boris is a very smart guy. Scott Boris is the best agent, maybe in sports, of, of all time. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. He knows how to negotiate a contract. I would be surprised. I'll say that. I would be surprised if Correa stays in Minnesota for three years. Oh, no, I, I don't think he's at there after this year. I, I think he's going to opt out and sign that mega deal that we were all waiting for. Yeah, this but year. but the, you also have to think, though, the free agent class next year, Trey Turner's a free agent. He is, yes. Next year. And, yeah. uh, although the Dodgers will probably lock him up like, by May. DeGrom looks like he's going to be a free agent if he's not traded and extended right, somewhere but, else. But, but, specific, but that doesn't really impact Correa. Unless no, it, but it, it's it, just... The team was going to sign him or DeGrom. That was my point. DeGrom, yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, look, and if you were a betting man... You mm-hmm. probably could go down to the FanDuel Sportsbook and bet on the odds that Correa opts out or that he signed with the Minnesota Twins. Or you can just go down there to the FanDuel Sportsbook uh, that's now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. You can bet on every sport with self-service kiosks, and you can watch all the action from the best seat in the house. It's March Madness, Zach, so the FanDuel Sportsbook has special hours this weekend for the tournament. Open 9 a.m. to midnight today and tomorrow, plus all live rewards members who make a $50 bet on any NCAA tournament game can register to win a $500 bracket bonus. So get down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland today. If I didn't have to work, I might go down there and watch some basketball today, but I got to work after mm. this, so unfortunately. Mm, unfortunate. Um, so, yeah. What do, you want, what do you want to do, man? Do you want to grab our final break, or do you want to sound off and let's then get, grab let's a get break? sounding off and then grab the break. Okay, Z- Zach's going uh, to sound off a little bit on Chris Bryant and the Colorado Rockies. Uh, today's, I, yeah, oh, sorry. I don't want to cut you off. Today's sounding off segment is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. We can bet on sports in Maryland now, but we still can't bet online or on our phones. However, you can feel like you're betting totally legally and right on your phone by playing Underdog Fantasy Football. Player props, parlays, and traditional fantasy games are all available, and even though football season ended, Underdog has great basketball and hockey games available, and we know baseball contests will be just around the corner. Plus... We're going to give you some free money to play with thanks to our friends at Underdog Fantasy Football. Go to underdogfantasy.com and download the Underdog Fantasy app. Use the code PRESSBOX. And whatever you download up to $100, we will match. That's right, up to $100 when you use the code PRESSBOX with Underdog Fantasy Football. Underdog. Zach, you got to sound off here. Look, so I've been saying this for a little while, and I think I mentioned it in another Sounding Off segment a few months ago about the Colorado Rockies and the fact that I believe they're a very poorly run baseball team. Oh, 100%. Um, they, they've made some very questionable decisions in personnel hiring. Um, they, they, they hired an analytics guy a year ago or so, and they fired him like seven months later for basically no reason at all. There's a little bit of controversy about that. They've been through a lot of GMs. They've been through a lot of scouting directors. I mean, they... There's a lot of overturn, uh, overturn, that's not the word for it, but turnover. Turnover is the word for it. Um, going on in the organization, and it has been that way for a while. And it seems like to me that the Rockies are in a very consistent pattern. This is the pattern they build up a team, they go trade for guys, they sign guys, and then they trade them away. Then they go back, they do the same thing, then they trade them away. And guess what? The Rockies, I mean, they're in a very tough division. Like, I, that's a given, obviously. 
But the Rockies, it's been a very long time since they've actually competed. The Rockies are a, a pretty much irrelevant franchise at the very moment, and they have been for quite a few years. I mean, you haven't seen the Rockies really win anything in a long time. Well, the, every, the re- every every three to five years, they'll they'll oh, sniff they'll, the postseason. They'll, they'll get in. Because they, they build up. I mean, and that's what they're doing again. They're building up right now. But look, I, I think as, a, as, a, as the Rockies GM and what you've got to look at it as, is that you've got the f- a farm system that's ranked bottom bottom ten? Really, yeah. they could even be bottom five. The, the, it's they're, terrible. They're twenty third or, or lower in every publication. You've got Zach Veen. You've got some guys, but it's not good right now. You've got no depth. You've got a few guys at the top. That's it. And you look at that, and you go, okay, so we, our, our future is definitely not there at the moment. Then you go out and you make a signing like Chris Bryant. You give him one hundred eighty two million dollars over seven years, and I simply don't see how that fits in with with the process they're going through right now. They've got to pick a side. They've got to start competing and actually go all in, which means making more signings than just Chris Bryant. Yes, you signed Iglesias, but oh well. To, you know, Jose Iglesias is fine. He would have fit in the Orioles just as well. If you're going to compete, you have to actually, number one, get pitching, which they don't have. They've never had pitching. They don't have pitching. They had Ubaldo Jimenez, and they had Mike Hampton in, the, in, right. their, in their history. And They've never had pitching. And, and John Gray was okay for no, them. No, he was bad. Eh, he I was mean, bad. He, people, serviceable, people, serviceable. People, people want to say he was okay. Because he was a first-round pick and he has all the stuff to be great, mm-hmm. but he was never good. So, yeah, look, and they have no pitching at the moment. They have a very, outside of Chris Bryant, a very average lineup at this point. There isn't, they lost Trevor Story. He's not coming back. Um, you got guys like Ryan McMahon. They're fine. But the lineup overall, I mean, David Dahl, David Dahl moved on. I mean, they're, they don't really have these pieces that we expected them to have at this point. Trevor Story's gone. Arenado's gone. You bring in Chris Bryant and you, you give him $182 million, I don't see how this fixes anything, and I think Chris Bryant just signed away his career. I I, I don't see Chris Bryant g- having success in, in Colorado because, frankly, not that many guys do. And yeah. then Chris Bryant, I I highly doubt he's on this team in in three years. Well, I highly if, doubt if it. he's not on the team in three years, he probably didn't sign away his career because he's going to get traded somewhere. Well, that, that, but, that's but a, that, if, if that's they don't trade point. him, if they don't trade him, I agree that, with you that, 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 right. that, he, that he signed away. He's his career. wasting his career in Colorado because Colorado doesn't want to pick a side. They'll they'll probably sell Bryant off in three years. And they'll send him somewhere else, and they'll go back into rebuilding mode after they just spent, because that's what they do. And the, the Rockies go back and forth. And I just think there needs to be a little bit of change of perspective there, because it just seems like to me that the Rockies are never picking a side. I mean, you sold off Arenado. You, his story's now a free agent. So now you're just going to go pivot and say, okay, we're not rebuilding anymore. Um, that's We're going to go get Chris Bryant. It just... It doesn't make sense to me. Who else do they have? Right, nothing. They have nothing. They have nothing. (laughs) They have nothing. And so why spend 182 million on this guy? You just spent all this money on Nolan Arenado to trade him a year later or two Mm -hmm. years later. (coughs) And let's not forget, wait a year and then sign Chris Bryant. uh, uh, Like unless you're bringing in more talent. And Jose Iglesias is not that kind of guy. He's not that guy. Jose Iglesias fills a role. Yeah. He doesn't fill a need. And they signed, they signed a few relievers, and it wasn't, you know, there's nothing big. They haven't made a, a, a splash signing. And maybe next year, maybe the Rockies go out and get DeGrom, and they'll prove me wrong, and they'll they'll actually try to compete. But you yeah, can't. Ne- next year, they, they go sign DeGrom, and they and they sign uh, Correa. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the Rockies. And, and, the then Ro- they, and then they win 75 games because they. And then they trade they, them all off and start yeah. the whole process again. It just seems like they flip flop, flip flop, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me and I, I I hope for Chris Bryant that he's not doing himself a disservice by signing. Well, it, here's the other thing. 
I don't think Chris Bryant gets that contract anywhere else. Well, I don't think Chris Bryant is that great of a player. I think Chris Bryant he's is good. A, he, I mean, he was a three and a half WAR player this year, which is great. I mean, that's fine, and he's versatile. He can play everywhere on the field, basically. But Chris Bryant is a far cry from what he was when he won MVP. If he was Th- th- a, a three and a half WAR player doesn't get twenty five million dollars. No, a year. exactly. And and the Rockies gave it to him because maybe the Rockies are desperate for that. And we'll see how he. I, I I'm predicting a a a harsh breakup between the Rockies and Chris Bryant because that's what happened with Arenado. Maybe it's not a harsh breakup. Maybe it's just they never do anything. Maybe maybe could he, be that too. And maybe he's happy living in Car- in Colorado, smoking sure. all the free weed he wants. Yeah. And he, he he's close to where he, to where he's, he's from. Making enough money for it. He's got he's got a ton of money. He can just relax and go play baseball, make some All Star games, and you know every now and again maybe maybe Colorado gets into the postseason with expanded playoffs. And you're right, he's a Vegas guy. I forgot yeah, about that. So yeah. he's kind of in that area and and you know fly home whenever he wants, and that's kind of nice for him, I guess. But I. I, I, there's a lot of emotions coming out I mean, here about he, this because he I, can fly home whenever he wants, no matter where he is. True, but. that's that's true. But he will be in more in the, the general area. Of, yeah, of he where can drive he home if he wants. Yeah, to. right. Um, but I, I, there's kind of two different sides of this for me. One that I think Chris Bryant made a mistake, and the other side is that Colorado is just a weirdly run franchise, and I don't understand what they're doing at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it either. But that's not for me to decide. Maybe. Maybe they have big plans, and maybe they do. Maybe they do. uh, Their first big plan should be getting that farm system up. I mean, uh, right? You're you're in the you're in the bottom third of the league. Exactly, and and I look at the rest of the roster, and and you need so many reinforcements in so many places, and it's not coming from the farm system. So where's it going to come from? Right? I, I mean, let's remember this too. They traded from Michael Givens a few years ago, and then they just immediately were like, nope. That's not the direction we're going, and they just—it's just these kind of moves. They they trade for a guy, then they decide they'll trade him away. It's just that's the kind of the, the kind of way they operate. And I, I yeah. don't really think it's that productive. Yeah, they're, they're they're not very well run to say, and that's coming from Orioles fans. So. I I'm going to be the Rockies GM one day, so I'm, I'll fix it. For hey, you. I, I I hope so, and uh, you 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 can fly me out there anytime. I, you I'll want fly to, you if, out there if you're the. Uh, you're the Rockies GM. I, we used to go out skiing in Colorado every year mm. when I was growing up, and it's a beautiful place. It, it's it's so funny, man, because I, I went 17 years between times I went skiing, mm-hmm. and even at even in 2019 when I went for the first time since I was a senior in high school, I'm skiing the slopes here, and I'm like, this is easy. This, yeah. is, this is like the black diamonds here are like, like blues, blues over there, yeah. in, in Colorado. Yeah. And, and, and so it's like, it, it's not the same. Right. It's definitely not the same. All right. Thank you very much, Zach. Zach, sounding off segment was also brought to you by the newest edition of Press Box, which is available now on the cover. We celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA tournament championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport and why his perspective of the title run has changed. Now, two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led to them cutting down those nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. We're going to catch our final break. When we come back, we'll close things out with some Orioles banter. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGAMBLER. 
gamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. I opened us up a bit early there. I'm sorry, Paul. Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah, you can hear yeah, me. I, you I, can I, hear me say, uh, "We just opened that up." Sorry, I, I unmuted us a little too quickly. I hope but you didn't. Did you hear? Did you? Did people hear me say that somebody was a dick? No, I don't know. I don't think so. Come on, man. So. You, you got to be better than that. You I, can't, I, can't unmute me while I'm we, talking to you about something. We we know we, nobody knows what we were talking about. So it's it's oh, it's yeah, all. Good. I'm it's not all good. I'm not, I'm not actually too worried about it. Let's just uh, don't do that again. Um, so not, Orioles, not Orioles, gonna happen. Orioles, I don't know. I didn't expect it to happen, happen this time. Um, the hey, look, it's muscle. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't it's care. Muscle, man. I'm muscle just, memory. I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, Orioles lineup for today, much more representative lineup of what we are going to see in uh, the regular season. Although I don't know how often we're going to see Austin Hayes batting cleanup, but today's lineup: um, Cedric Mullins leading off, playing center field. Trey Mancini batting second as the DH. Ryan Mountcastle batting third, playing first base. 
Austin Hayes batting fourth, playing in left field. Batting fifth, DJ Stewart in right field. Jorge Mateo, Zach's boy, uh, mm-hmm. playing shortstop, batting sixth. Chris Owings, the newest Oriole, uh, batting seventh, playing second base. Ryland Bannon, friend of the show, uh, he's playing third base, batting eighth. And Jacob Nottingham getting his first start behind the dish for the Orioles, catching and batting ninth. Yeah. Don't hate the lineup. I'll be listening while I'm at the gym okay. today. Um, the MLB at bat app <coughs> sucks. <laughs> it sucks. I, 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 mm-hmm. So I have a, a workout program on my phone, mm. and it tells me the reps I'm doing and then uh, has a timer in between sets and whatnot. And I can't have that on mm. while I'm listening to the audio from the Orioles game or the audio cuts out. Okay. It, it, if I go off of the page, it's not like there's noise or anything coming from the other app. Yeah. If I go off of the at bat page mm-hmm. for more than five seconds, the audio cuts out. Yeah, that that app is buggy as anything. Yeah, and then it's, it's, and, it's and, awful. and then it tells me uh, the app keeps stopping. Do you want us to close it? Do you want to send a report on? So I have to close it and then reopen it. It always gets better when the regular season starts. It's like they don't mm-hmm. they don't care yeah, at all. Yeah, and, and it would be nice if I could just listen to ninety eight rock on my phone. Yeah. And and hear the game, but and, and the, in '98, Rock even uh, alluded to it. They they said, "Look, you can't." They said in an advertisement during the game yesterday, "You can listen to us live on '98 Rock on your radio, but if you're listening on your mobile device or you're streaming, unfortunately, we don't have streaming capabilities yet. We hope to by at some point this season." So they acknowledged it, which is more than I can say for um, a specific TV company who <laughs> only airs three games out of 23 mm. in yeah, we're, we're not gonna mention them yeah anyway anyway it's time for some orioles banter and look guys the whole show has been orioles banter and the when i wrote this segment up last night carlos correa hadn't signed anywhere the orioles were still one of the favorites to sign him in the mix they were still in the mix um so i did a lot of carlos correa stuff for this, and anticipating that he wouldn't be signed by anybody. Not anticipating he was going to sign here, mm-hmm. but anticipating he wouldn't be signed by anybody. He's signed by the Twins. That's all we're going to talk about it now. That's all we're going to say about it, is that he's a Minnesota Twin. Right. He's not a Baltimore Oriole. He has nothing to do with this franchise anymore. So, we're not going to talk about him. Uh, Adley Rutschman. The, I find it weird that Raul said that a Rutschman extension was tied to a Correa contract. Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. I I have a hard time believing they're tied. Yeah, I, I don't know how they would be tied. I don't know what one has to do with the other, unless it's uh, maybe that the Orioles become competitive quicker uh, with, yeah. with Correa being at the at the helm of shortstop. But I, I don't see why one would be contingent on the other. Yeah, it, that that, and that's not to say that he maybe he was misinformed. Maybe I, I was going to say misled. I, I'm not saying that, that misinformed. I, on that. I, I I I don't think that he's making that up. I know he's not making oh, no. that up. I just don't know what one has to do with it. Or maybe other. he spoke wrong or heard it wrong or whatever. Well, he said, I mean, it, he I, said it a couple of times. There, so. there, could, there could be something going on there. But I look, if Adley Rutschman's extended, that will be a happy day in Baltimore. That's yeah, and look, and people have said, I, I now I don't believe it because why would they extend Rutschman before he ever plays an inning? Why would the White Sox extend, the extend Luis Robert? And why would they extend Eloy Jimenez before they ever play? This, this is mm-hmm. something that happens. This is what you do when... You have a generational talent, and you know it. Right. And the world knows Adley Rutschman's a generational talent. Yep. And you know he's your starting catcher. Even if all he ever is is Matt Wieters, that is an everyday catcher, yeah. Yeah. gold glove all-star catcher, right? who you want on your team. Right. So you extend him. 
it, it, make, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, which is also why the service clock manipulation never made a lot of sense to me with Adley Rutschman, because you know you're going to extend him before you right, ever get so there. Right, so why do you have to really gain that extra year anyway right. with, the, with the Super If two, you're going right? to buy it out anyway. It's not that big of a deal. I, I think Rutschman um, will inevitably be extended at some point. Yeah, no, I I, 100, I, I think it's all but a, a, a certainty yeah. at this point. But he's got to get healthy. He's got to get on the field. Um, I think that this is just them... With, with with the triceps injury, there was nothing bad in there. They said it was just one of those things where he just needs to rest it. He's Sore. not throwing. Yeah. He's not hitting. And I, I've had I've had a tricep injury in yeah, my day. Yeah, they, they, sure. they, they go away, but they, when if if That's you like right here, right at the bottom of your it, under your bicep, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the tricep. It's right here. Your biceps and triceps. Gotcha. Okay. So your triceps right here. Uh, biceps, triceps, okay. and even abs. John Bastow. <laughs> you, you ever see those infomercials? No. Uh, uh, what anyway. year? What, what year are those running? Like the 1980s? Uh, I was in high school. Okay, I was in <laughs> high school. So yeah, the 1980s. Um, <laughs> no, but but I've had moments where I've overdone it with my triceps. And Paul's a big gym guy. He's a gym if, rat. If you curl your arms up, mm-hmm. they they'll cramp up. Yeah, they'll tighten up on you, and it's it's painful. It, 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 so. You don't want to come back too early from it. Is basically what I'm saying, and it's it's okay to slow play it because you don't want to miss out on a long career for Adley Rutschman no. or a season of Adley Rutschman for a couple of weeks. When I I do not agree with Jason Locke and Fora that he's going to spend four to six weeks at Norfolk, or as he calls it, Norfolk. I doubt it. There's I no, doubt they, it. They, I just don't. I think that he'll start at Norfolk, and I think but it'll be treated like a rehab assignment, mm-hmm. and I think he'll be up here by by the end of April. Yeah, I don't think he's yeah. there four to six weeks. And, and yeah, I would agree with you. Yep. Yeah, so I on just gotta got to figure out when he's gonna be here, and I gotta trade in some tickets. Uh, to, to yeah, get, definitely to get to that forward game. to that. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about some of these major moves that have been made in free agency. Um, Matt Olson traded and extended by the Braves, and the the interesting there, and then you see that Freddie Freeman, uh, the extension for Olson, eight years, one hundred and sixty eight million dollars. So you're looking at twenty one million dollars a year, which Seems below market value for a guy like Matt Olson. I think the uh, I think the Braves got an unbelievable deal with that. I, I think really they, I do. think they did too. And you look at Freddie Freeman signing with the Dodgers six years, one hundred and sixty-two million. That yeah. sounds about right, right, for a guy like Freddie Freeman at his, his age. 30s. Sure, yeah, right. Um, it was MVP last year, but yeah. it was a sixty-game season. So last year that? is now twenty twenty-one. Yeah, so right. So two years ago he was. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but he still hit over three hundred. Drove the ball out of the ballpark. Drove yep. in a ton of runs yep. last year. World Series hero. Um, it's funny. I was at opening day this year uh, in 2021 um, for the Nationals. I was at their opening day. Who? Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Pause that for a second. Okay. So you went to Nationals opening yes, day I got, last I got, year. I got, hold, hold on, hold on. You went to Nationals opening day last year, but had the audacity to say on this show that's Oriole-centric that you're not going to Orioles opening day. Oh, I never said that. I said I might have to work. I have a very busy work schedule. <laughs> oh man, I'm always traveling. Um, but but the thing, you know, I, I got free tickets to Nationals opening day last year, so I went. I probably would have um, gone too if I had free. Yeah, tickets. yeah, it was fun. Uh, Max Scherzer was on the mound. I got to see him against uh, against the Braves, and it was fun. And and one of the first pitches of the game was a Ronald Acuna home run off Max Scherzer. It was like the first pitch I think of the entire game. And then Freddie Freeman hit one like. Uh, Two batters later, and I was like, "Yep, he's That's gonna have cool. an, he's gonna have another great season." So I enjoyed it. Uh, Freddie Freeman is is an Atlanta legend, but it's it's you know good to see him still getting paid, and he's such a good guy, and everything he brings to the well, community, he brings to the team. It's, what I the like Braves that. did 
So Freddie Freeman's agent, they knew that he had was in negotiations with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And Freeman's agent came to the Braves and he said, you have the rest of the day, basically, to either accept five years at like 130-something million mm-hmm. or six years at like 170-something million. Yeah. So, something along those lines. And the Braves, instead of saying, the, the Braves said no to both of those. Yeah. And then just went and traded for Olsen and extended him. Without talking to Freddie Freeman himself. Yeah. Without saying, hey, this is what we're doing. Please go sign elsewhere if you want. So that's how Freddie Freeman found out that he was in part of the Braves. Was when, uh, when Olsen came there, he was right. dumbfounded. He was like, they legitimately just did that? They, they didn't talk to him. I kinda, don't have kinda, a problem with that. It's kind of shysty. I, it, I really don't have a problem and, with that. Unless his agent didn't do his job, they said, look, we're going to move on. Please tell uh, you know Freddie that we appreciate everything he's done here, and he'll yeah. he'll be a brave forever. But we got we got to we got to do what's best for the franchise. Maybe that happened, and the agent didn't say anything. Maybe which that possibility I, of that. I I, 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 I can't imagine, but I don't have a problem with it. I I, I feel like they owe him that respect. I guess. But no, no, they, I, they 100% owe him that I, respect. Oh, well. He'll, what, get, he'll, he'll get over it. He, he just got paid $162 million. I don't think Freddie Freeman has anything to complain bro, about. No, he, he doesn't. But, bro, there, there's some, and maybe we're different people in this aspect. But I, there's something it's about... It's a business. I don't know. There's something, there's something about being a gentleman. There's, 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 there's something about showing class. And for a guy... Is it really not... Mm. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm getting I, a little insight into the type of person you are, man. Like, it's, like, it's, like if, if, if you have Freddie Freeman... Who's been a part of your your team for twelve years, however long it's been, heart and soul of your franchise, yeah. leads you to your only your second world championship ever in that city. Mm-hmm. He is the face of the franchise. Yeah, and you just you don't even tell him that you're moving on. You don't even tell him that you're moving on. The Braves, and, and, and he finds out when he finds out that you traded for and extended Matt Olson. That's pretty shysty. That's you, you. I disagree, and maybe that's why you'll be a good GM because you got to be cold hearted to, to to do something like that. I mean, I, the the Braves owe him that. I, I guess I, I will agree. I guess they owe him that. But look, I mean, the Braves' number one concern is getting better, and they traded for Matt Olson and they got better. I don't see why they have to be so concerned about what Freddie Freeman's doing. I that, yeah. For, if, I mean, if, that's, if, that's if, their concern from a from a cold blooded standpoint. Yeah, but this is it's a business though. That's baseball. Yeah, yeah. You and I disagree. I, I think that you need to. I think you need to. Uh, Freddie Freeman made one hundred sixty-two million dollars. I don't feel bad for that man in any way, shape, or form. I don't feel bad for any of these baseball players. No. That's why I was so that's, mad about about, about the lockout. That's I'm what not, I'm saying. And this isn't necessarily about Freddie Freeman. It, it, it is in the in the in the sense that that dude was the the heart of your franchise. Mm-hmm. He was the heart and soul of your. Fr- Are they going to do that to Ronald Acuna? Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Maybe. You you have to think about how it looks to other players. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How, how it looks to other players you could potentially bring in. Now Matt Olson is an Atlanta boy. He grew up watching that team. That was sure. his favorite team. And that might be why he signed for a little le- bit less money than maybe what he was worth. He wanted to play in Atlanta. Yeah. All right. But other other players are you gonna be able to extend people? I think it's a bad look from a PR standpoint. And I think. And despite what you think and what Mike Elias thinks, and what all, I think you owe something to your fan base. I, I I firmly believe that you owe. But they upgraded. Matt Olson is at this point better than Freddie Freeman. You can't. He, I think ultimately he'll be better. I don't think you can say he's better. I think Freddie Freeman's a better hitter. I mean, he did out. He did outnumber him in more last year. If that. If that. If you count that, whatever, for dude. Uh, like I. I I don't see it the way you do. Um. I. I think you. I think you owe it to somebody. 
to do right by them. What, what that guy meant to your franchise, the amount of money he made for your franchise, you owe him that. You owe him at least that much. You don't have to sign him. If you think that he's too old and you're not willing to give a guy who's 31, 32, 33 years old a six-year mm-hmm. contract, that's fine. You don't have to sign him. But don't just shut the door on him without having a conversation with him. So where I'd be much more upset and concerned is, is you know, on, on the basis of minor leaguers not getting paid the amount of money they should and that kind of stuff. That's what more upsets me than that, Freddie that, Freeman not getting told that, he's, that, they're That has on. nothing to do with anything. I know, but I'm, I'm just That talk- has nothing to do with anything we're I'm, talking about. I'm talking about players... And, and you know the respect they should get, and it all this is all revolves around money. It all revolves around money. I mean, Freddie Freeman wasn't going to come back to Atlanta uh, because I, Atlanta upgraded and got a guy like Matt Olson, who they got at That's a, re- not the at point, a really though. good deal. The, the, the point and is, they didn't tell him. Oh well, I don't see it as a big deal. Yeah, I don't. Well, well it's, it's you, you, you could have run my team. It's not that I'm cold hearted. I, I I'm not cold hearted guy at all. Not at all. Uh, but it's that I I certainly feel like this is baseball's a business, and sometimes these things just work out. Like so that. if you traded, tra- if the Orioles went and traded Trey Mancini, mm-hmm. and they didn't have a conversation with him, they just say, "Oh, we traded you. See ya." But that's different. How is that different? Because yeah, how Fre- in, in Fre- what world is that different? Freddie Freeman is a free agent. He was a free agent. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Trey so, Mancini so, is still so, employed so, by the Orioles. So so let's say Adley Rutschman. Mm-hmm. is the heart and soul of the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. And he gets in their first World Series championship since 1983. Mm-hmm. And then he becomes a free agent. Mm-hmm. And the Orioles, instead of negotiating with him, they trade for his replacement and give him his walking papers and don't say anything else to him. You're okay with that? You're okay with that? Uh, because I'm that's exactly what they just did to Freddie Freeman. I'm Atlanta. not going to answer that question because I don't think you're going to like the answer. But I already know the answer. Yeah, I'd be fine with you're, that. Because you're cold-blooded. Uh, I'm not at all. It's just the way I stand on this. Um, I, I, just, I, I get that baseball is a business, right? but you're also in the business of entertainment. Yeah, you are. And you owe something to your fan base, and you owe something to the people that got you there. But if you upgrade... Without Freddie... You can upgrade all you want, but you had no conversation... You had no press release about Freddie Freeman. You sent the guy who saved your franchise packing without a, a, a second's notice, and you didn't yeah. tell him what your plan was. I mean, sure, it's g- shitty. Give him a give him a, uh, a celebration video posted on Twitter and and call it a day, right? Like, they did it, nothing. Yeah, they should. Okay, they should give him a video, a little thank you. That's fine. But I, I think telling him and notifying him, hey, we're about to trade for Matt Olson. That's not his business. That's Matt Olson's business and, and the Braves' business. That's my opinion. He was a free agent. He's uh, uh, no longer employed by the Braves. That's correct. But you owe it to him to say, hey, we just want to let you know. It, it, it hurts to say it, but we're moving on. That, that's Fair. all you need to say. Okay. And they didn't even do that. It's seven words. It hurts to say it. We're move, moving on. Eight words. It's eight words. Uh, they didn't give him right. eight words. They didn't give him eight words. I get, I get where you're coming from completely. I get it. Um, I just, I find it all a little bit, it, it's it's just, baseball's a business, this stuff that happens all the time, yeah. and I'm not that concerned about Freddie Freeman's well-being with those with those words coming to him. I, I don't so, think, so I, if, if you work for, for a major corporation, mm-hmm. and they, you're doing a fine job, mm-hmm. but they found somebody who's going to do a better job. Yeah, and they just hire him and they fire you. That you don't need anything else. Well, if I went to another place and got 162 million dollars, I would not okay. be upset. Okay, <laughs> okay. I, I just, I don't know, man. You, you have more than just your business to worry about, and part of your business is it is entertainment. It, it, I, I get is that. getting uh, is having a fan base that wants to watch your team and having people that want to come to make you better, come and make you better. Know that you're just not a a, a, 
a, a number on a piece of paper to them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that there's something to be said for that. And I think that what the Braves did with him is pretty crappy. Just, just like I think it's pretty crappy that Zadarius Smith agreed to a contract with the Ravens and then backed out of it when he saw the other two contracts for Chandler Jones and Von Miller. Oh, I think that's and, way worse. That's and, way worse. And, and, but but it's, it's a business. It's a business. Yeah. These guys are getting more money than me, twice as much money as I am, why would I sign this deal now? I don't care if I if I had if I agreed verbally. I haven't and, signed and anything yet. Have a point by saying that, yeah. Right. So you, you can't say one way and then say the other. It, it, anyway, Matt Chapman traded to the Jays. Um, does Matt Chapman? It's not even does. The the, the 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 Blue Jays are so good. They are very good. They're, they're stacked the, at every they're, position. They're the best team in the American League. It's yeah. going to be the Blue Jays and either the Dodgers or the Padres and the Mets yeah. in the World Series. There's. You can't, unless everybody gets hurt or everybody takes a step back, you can't look at the Toronto Blue Jays and say that there's a team that's better than them in the American League. No, there just isn't. There isn't. Right. Uh, Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers, the rich get richer. You know, that that is what it is. They have arguably one of the scariest. I, I, I'd put the Blue Jays lineup right up there with them, but <coughs> they have at least an all-star at every starting position Yeah, in their lineup. I think Cody Bellinger is going to win uh, Comeback Player of the Year this year. Uh, the Dodgers are so da- they might win 112 games. They're so damn good. They're so damn good. Uh, Yankees re-signed Anthony Rizzo two years, 32 million. Just lends to that um, beer league softball team that all they do is strike out and hit home runs. They don't have any pitching. Uh, the Yankees are a third place team at best in the American League East. Kenley Jansen signs to the Braves one year, $16 million. Makes a really good bullpen that much better. The Braves are the class of the of the National League East, even with $300 million being spent by the Mets. Yeah. The, the Braves are the team to beat in the National League East. I agree. Right? I, I think the Mets have a lot to prove, and they come out every year with a lot to prove and always let people down, speaking, speaking of which, I forgot Robinson Cano existed. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he was suspended all last year for another PED um, failed drug test. Um... Thoughts on on Robinson Cano? Is he? What's his role going to be? Is he going to play a ton? Like they're paying him a ton of money. He's getting a lot of money. Um, I think he's well past his prime. Oh, one hundred percent. He hasn't really ever been in his prime ever since he left Seattle. Um, ever since he I, left New York. Really, New York. Yeah. Um, I don't think Cano is a piece for them at this point. I think they'll find a way to move on. Maybe come some kind of salary dump trade uh, before the season starts. If a team can afford a salary dump, it's the New York Mets. Right. I mean, they're, they're for damn sure. Two hundred ninety million on their payroll, three hundred million right now. It's it's they can afford to dump off Cano's salary. And I, I really don't think he brings anything to this team at this point. And he's not a versatile guy either, where he can move around a third or outfield or whatever. I mean, he's a second baseman. That's kind of what he's been all his career, and he does it very well. He can well. DH. He might be able to DH, but they've got guys who can DH. I mean, the Mets are stacked. They've got a lot of guys. And yeah. um, I, I've heard there's, there's rumors of a Conforto um, reunion there, so we'll see if that happens. That could be another Conforto's option. Conforto's only them. a couple, only a year or two removed from being a really good player. I love Conforto. Uh, they, Always they, have. They, yeah. they, um, they, they kind of soured on him really quickly. Yeah in, yeah, in New York, I think. Uh, but that's what happens in New York. Um, we already talked about Chris Bryant to the Rockies. We both feel like that was a strange and weird move from both for, both, for yeah. both sides. Castellanos and um, and Schwarber mm-hmm. to the Phillies. Five years for a hundred million for Castellanos, uh, and four years seventy nine million to Kyle Schwarber. Phillies offense got better. They still need to pitch. Still need a bullpen. Right. They got some arms in their rotation, but they need to be better. Joe Girardi's a good manager. I, I don't know how likable of a manager is. Not likable. But he uh, he's a good manager. Yeah. Phillies, 
Look, Nola and Wheeler are are really good arms. They are yeah. top tier arms, especially Wheeler. I mean, he is a top of the line arm, but they need more behind them. They've got yeah. Ranger Suarez. I mean, they've got some guys, but it's behind once those you get past those top two in the rotation. It's it's not stacking up with the Mets or the Dodgers or even the Braves. I mean, you're just not stacking up with those other NL teams that are just simply better than you at this point rotation wise. I mean, it, and then you look at the Cubs and yeah. the, the the Cubs Stroman. That, that, that with Stroman and they they went out and got that shortstop out of um. Yeah, I believe he's an outfielder. Say oh, the outfielder. Say a Suzuki. They went yeah. out and got, and got. I was thinking of Kim uh, in San Diego. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, they they went out and got say a Suzuki. Yep. Um, they brought in VR. I don't know how much of a move that is. I, I would have liked him yeah, in Baltimore. Still some bases but, for you, but but there and he also got picked off some bases for you. <laughs> I, 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 I like VR. I, I his 2019 season is so underrated. Yeah. He was so good. He was. I think he was more than a four win player. Yeah, in 2019, he was. He was like a 4.7 win player. Yeah, for the, um, for the and they traded him for Easton Lucas. Yeah, who, who, whatever. Uh, because they didn't want to pay him 12, 12 wanna, million dollars. Right. Right. Um, I still think he des- they deserve to get a lot more out of him than they did. Yeah, um, and I would have I would have liked to see VR come back to the Orioles. Yeah, this year. Um, but he went and he signed with the Cubs. Uh, I don't know what the Cubs are doing. I, I don't think that they're going to be able to compete uh, with the Cardinals. They're not uh, there. Uh, and, and then I look at it, and I look at, and the whole reason I even bring them up is I'm trying to think about the teams I think are going to make the playoffs yeah. in the National League. I don't and, think the Cubs are one of them. And you have six teams. So you're looking at Braves, Mets, Cardinals, Dodgers, Padres, and then it's a toss-up between the Giants and the Phillies. For me. I would go Giants right now. Or, or maybe even the Brewers. Maybe the Brewers. I, I I don't see the Phillies making it. I just The Phillies every year, I mean, sure, you've got Bryce Harper. You've got Castellanos. You've got guys. You've got Wheeler, of course. I don't see them being good enough. I, they just never are in their net. It's a really tough division yeah, with, them, with the Mets and the Braves. And the Nationals will probably be slightly better than people expect. Probably like a 70 win, 75 win team. They'll surprise some people. Um, they've got you know a lot of good young players like Kiebert Ruiz and Josiah Gray, and they've got some guys. So and of course Juan Soto. Um, so they might win a few more games than people think, and that's going to be really tough for the Phillies. Yeah, and. and- What's going to be really tough for the, and that's the thing, people didn't want to expand the playoffs. Look at all the good teams. Right. Look at all the good teams, and some of them aren't going to be there. The Phillies are still going to be good. They're going to be a competitive team this year, and they might not make it. The Brewers, right. with that starting rotation, they're going to be good this year, and they might not make it. The Giants, I think the Giants take a big step back this year. Yeah. And when I say big step back, I think they'll still win 90 plus. They ain't winning 107 games. Well, they this overachieved year. massively. They, they, for the entire, it was crazy. Right. It, it just never, it was like the 2012 Orioles, right. where how are they doing this? Right, yeah, and I, and I I look at them and they might win ninety one games and 91, 91 wins ain't getting you into the playoffs in yeah. the in the National League this year. I, I just don't think it is. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see. We are two weeks shy of our Major League Baseball uh, preview show. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. That is also going to bring back the return of Take to Rake. <laughs> so that's yes. going to be exciting. Yes. Two weeks from today, we will be doing uh, American League, National League. Playoff predictions, um, awards predictions. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a fun show. A lot more fun than talking about where the Orioles roster currently stands and all the holes that they have. So, uh, Zach, you got some trivia for me um, before we, oh, but first, pay a bill. 
I got it. I got it. Uh, sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook uh, GM Bruce Billick and VSIN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Lie, listen at pe- pressboxonline.com slash radio watch at youtube.com slash Pressbox online and every other Thursday at 1140 tune in for weekend at bookies as Andrew Stetka and bet preps Brian Feinberg help you make some money for the weekend all right what kind of trivia you got for me today all right a little bit of a tougher one um they're all tough man you come up with these I, ones I, that, like, I need, nobody can I need answer. to count these up real quick just so I can make my my trivia question I've I've been trying to count this all show and like for some reason my brain hasn't been able to comprehend it so sick. we got we've got one two three uh four Five and then uh, five is still there, and then six. So six guys in Orioles history have stolen forty bases or more in a season. Can you name them? And Repeat the, that. So six guys in Orioles history have stolen forty or more bases in a season. Can you name the six guys? Jonathan VR. Jonathan VR. Twenty nineteen. Forty bases stolen. Yeah. Brian Roberts. Brian Roberts did it twice. Uh, he stole. 50 bases in 2007. I believe that led the American League. Yeah, I think it did. And he stole 40 bases in 2008. Brady Anderson in 92. Brady Anderson stole 53 bases in 92. Um, Another guy did it twice. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Corey Patterson. Corey Patterson. Nice one. Uh, 2006, he stole 45 bases. I did not expect you to get Corey <laughs> Patterson. But I guess that was kind of the time where you were really becoming a huge Orioles fan no, back I, in 06. I, no, I, I was a huge Orioles fan in back, the 90s, in, back in yeah. like 92. Um, <clears throat> you got to remember, I'm significantly older than you. Well, I wasn't watching Orioles baseball in 06. <laughs> More like 08. Um, is it more modern or is it like earlier Orioles history? Uh, the two guys that we're still looking for? Yeah. Uh, both of them are... Past in the past, they're not it, really modern. In, at this point. in the past, so before before nineteen ninety, let's before say before nineteen ninety, I don't think it was. And they both did it twice, by the way. I don't think Al Bumbry ever stole forty bases, and I don't think Paul Blair ever stole or Belanger for that matter. Luis Aparicio, Luis Aparicio did it twice. He did it in nineteen sixty four. That's the all time lead for the Orioles. He stole fifty seven bases, and he did it also in uh, nineteen sixty three when he stole forty. But that's five without a miss. That's five. You're doing good. Um, trying to think. Uh, you know who this is. I'll say that. It's not some name that you would have no Have I already idea. mentioned the name? Yes, <laughs> you already did. So it's either Paul Blair or Al Bumbry. It could be. Uh, I'm going to say Paul Blair. It's not Paul Blair. It's Al Bumbry. It, uh, it's Al Bumbry. He stole uh, 44 bases in 1980, and then he stole 42 bases in 1976. So, so there's your trivia. I got you. six out of seven out of seven guesses. You did really good. Very very good job, Paul. Thank very you. Very good job. Thank you. Yeah, Corey Patterson's the one that's always stuck out to me because weird. It's be, weird. Be, he was he was a good player for them in 06. Mm-hmm. He he was a good player, and then they brought him back, I believe, in 09 or or 2010. Uh, wasn't the same player, but Corey Patterson was was a fun little player for them. He he had a nice career, I think, with the Cubs at, at, originally as well. A nice yep, couple he did. seasons there. So, uh, yeah, I think Cedric Mullins could join could join that. Sure, that definitely. Team. I think Jorge Mateo, if he plays 130 games, is going to join that that territory sure. this year. So, good good question. That's the kind of trivia questions that I like. That they're they're not easy, <laughs> but you can get them. 
All right, yeah, they're, no, they're, I, they're not easy, but you can get. I them. definitely would have gotten Corey Patterson. There's no way I would guess Paul Blair would have been like one of my first guesses. I'm I'm very surprised Paul Blair was not not there at all. I'm gonna see where he was on that list real quick, uh, because it's, this does go for 50, yeah. 50 people. So, so. I, I the the first people I guess were the people that I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt did it. You know what I mean? Like and I remember Brady. I don't remember him doing it, but I remember seeing it enough times to know because he had a twenty homer, fifty steal season, and a fifty homer, twenty steal season. Um, Paul Blair never even had 30, yeah. so which is very surprising yeah. to me. Yeah, the Orioles uh, stole in base totals. And I knew Brian Roberts stole over 40 twice, uh, and I knew that one year he led the league with 50, because I right. think he also had 50 doubles that year. Yeah, um, Beast. So, yeah, it's a good trivia question. If you want good content, you can find me on Monday and every day, Monday through Friday, on Press Box's Glenn Clark Radio. It's a definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. Watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or... If you're more of an audio type of person, you can listen to PressBoxOnline.com slash radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, Zach's favorite, we caught up with re-signed Ravens defensive tackle Michael Pierce, former Orioles GM Dan Duquette, and Maryland women's basketball coach Brenda Freeze. You can find those interviews interviews, and more in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature right now at PressBoxOnline.com. I got to tell you, Michael Pierce is a hell of a guy. Michael Pierce, might be a good guy. He's I'm a, not... he's a, he, you don't need to say it. Okay. He's a, he's a, he's a hell of a guy. I called him mm-hmm. on Thursday night mm-hmm. after he agreed to the deal. Mm-hmm. He didn't answer. I sent him a text message. He called me back 30 seconds later. He's being flooded with phone calls and text messages after signing this deal. And mm-hmm. he called me back in 30 seconds. Good guy. And he came on the show. He was gracious. Agreed to do the show. He came on and he was, he was great. Phenomenal guy. I like him a little bit more than I think Zach does. I think that he's going to, especially if you're losing Brandon Williams, I like him for this team. Um, I don't, but, and they paid him to be what they need him to be. They didn't overpay him. They they, they, they paid mm-hmm. him to fill a need on, on the defensive line, and it's a huge need. They've, they, you're losing potentially three or four guys off your defensive line. Yeah. So, yeah, you are. Yeah. So, definitely, anyway. definitely some holes to fill there. Guys, uh, thank you for tuning in to the Bat Around today. Thank you to Orioles play-by-play uh, radio network voice uh, Jeff Arnold. Thanks to Stan the Fan Charles for doing his weekly segment with us as always. And thank you to Raul Ramos for coming on. Even though the the Carlos Correa stuff didn't come to fruition, he came in and he talked to us and gave us a lot of good insight on what happened there. And I agree with him that it's probably the Orioles weren't willing to give an early opt-out to Correa. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Again, thanks to all of our guests. Thank you to Zach Goodman. Guys, we will see you next week. Hopefully I'll be in a better mood and I won't be as somber. Everybody hurts. It's uh, It's been the bat around. Until next week, see ya!